three years ago, there was an idea. An idea to cover what nobody else had thought to do. To professionally review, analyze, and critique the art of the English adaptation. With opinions that were sometimes brash, sometimes bold, but always honest. What started as a one-person project soon grew into a small, tight-knit family of friends. What began as a silly little review show later developed into a refined, respectable, and professional production. And through it all, there have been lots of laughs, a few tears now and then, mostly from me, and even the occasional angry rant or cry of adoration. And And now, now, after three years and 99 episodes, we at the Dub Top Podcast have finally come full circle. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for us to reveal the truth about our 100th episode. And the truth shall set you free. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Dub Talk, the podcast where a team of swimmers get together and discuss the latest and greatest in anime English dubs. My name is Stephanie, and I'm here today because we are celebrating Dub Talk's 100th episode. Woo! <laughs> that reaction, though. No, I just thought of the worst thing when you said a team of swimmers. <laughs> Shut your face. Are we little swimmers? Yes. Oh my god. They're are not talking about that right now? I mean, this is just show that gets the panties wet. Oh lord. Oh lord. Uh, to help me today, I've brought in two individuals who helped started the whole amalgamation of insanity that is this show. My fellow OG hosts, Spaceman Hardy and Megan. How you doing? I apologize for nothing. Neither do I. You guys never apologize for anything. Of course. That's kind of our whole shtick. I mean, you, we've done this for 100 episodes now. You should have realized that by now. I should realize she, that I can't believe now, she put up a hundred, with 100 episodes of us nerds. <sighs> to be fair, it's more like 95 for you. Okay, look, shut your whore mouth. 100 for me. <laughs> Technically. Um now, today's episode was not an easy one to decide on. We knew that this was special, and we wanted to cover something that has a lot of meaning to us. After discussing the options between us for a few hours, we came to the obvious conclusion. We're going to go back to the beginning. Back before we fully became a podcast, and back when this was just me doing experimental vlogs for my own channel. The one that started this wild ride. We're going to be talking about the English dub of Free Iwatobi Swim Club. (sighs) Megan, you're supposed to be excited. What's wrong with you? (laughs) You know how when Seraph of the End claimed that Yuichiro Hiyakio was the king of salt? They were fucking lying. It's me. Now if, you, now, if this is the first time you're hearing about this series, uh, four boys named Haruka, Makoto, Nagisa, and Rin all participated in a swimming tournament shortly before graduating elementary school and later parted ways. Years later, they reunite when Rin challenges Haruka to a race and wins. Not wanting to be defeated so easily, Haruka gathers Makoto and Nagisa and a new recruit named Rei to form the Iwatobi High School Swimming Club. Short, sweet, and to the point. Uh, this is a series that was 
That's the brainchild of Kyoto Animation. And a bunch of horny Fujos. Mm-hmm. Probably. Let's face it. No, yeah. like a bunch of horny Fujos. <laughs> like, legit, you look this up. Right. Like, okay. For those of you who don't actually know how the hell this damn show came to be, Kyoto Animation's B team made a, like, minute long trailer of just oh, yeah. four really pretty dudes near a pool. And people went fucking insane. Because at yeah. this point, Kyoto Animation was known for three things. Full Metal Panic, Haruhi Suzumiya, and like ten, th- like ten different K-On clones. So like, yeah. basically a petition was started, and it got fucking buck wild, and Kyoto Animation said, sure, what's the worst that could happen? A bunch of uh, screaming Fujos. That could be what happens. Uh. <laughs> I mean, we're literally at like what three movies, two seasons, and a third season coming next year. I did not know there was a third season. Oh yeah, that's, that's news that's to me. Thing. That's a thing. It, it, wow, there's a third season of this coming, which makes no sense after season two. Um, yeah, let's fuck face me. it. What do I know? Sense. I am clearly not a Japanese businessman. Focused on getting the money of a bunch of horny people. Wow. Okay. Uh, so as always, we're going to be discussing the English dub of the first season of Free with all the casting and opinions you could ask for. Uh, while we could also discuss the second Free Eternal Summer, the main focus is going to be on the first Iwatoi Swim Club. Uh, with some small bits of Eternal Summer mixed in. Because Lord knows if some of the ladies get mad at us for not talking about Sosuke. <coughs> GG. <coughs> Weez. Um, but don't worry. Are you okay there? You, you, you kind of got some water. Did you choke on... <laughs> let, me, let me drink my juice. <coughs> <laughs> don't worry, GG. We'll carry the rest of this review on our shoulders while Sosuke yes. can't. Yes. Apparently, Lilac... Good night, everybody. <laughs> we'll be here all week. Uh, Please, my uh, name is Andrew Lesfelter. Please direct all of your hate <laughs> to Makaman9000 on Twitter. Again, my name is Andrew Classy Horny on Main Spartan. <laughs> and I just insulted Gigi's husband. <laughs> Shit. I'm not. <laughs> and this children is where we put the the da 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 to get this little trip down memory lane underway. So, let's dive start... deep. Oh, we're gonna dive so deep. Now, um, we had a lot of, f- there's a little something that um, we actually did originally, because when, because originally what happened was Free Eternal Summer was announced, the cast for that. And um, if oh, you Oh, good God, I wish this... these files still existed. <laughs> I wish it did. Mine's still doing um, on my computer. It, it, well, my hard drive's gone to shit. But um, if you 
were aware, if you've seen this show from the very, very beginning, this was the first thing I actually ever covered on my own originally. Um, but what, what nobody knows is what we were, what we did is, because um, it was essentially broadcasting every week, a new episode every week of the dub. And so what we had done, uh, it was the three of us plus Noah and uh, Kika Hikari KT, Katie. Um, the five of us, we would we would watch and screen share the episode and just we would rip tracks the shit out of it. Yeah. yeah, and I wish my external hard drive didn't shit the bed because hey Hardy, yeah, it would have been great. I was gonna swim the race, but, but then, then I, I got, got high. high. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I was gonna get up and go savoring, but then I got high. Da da da. No, what was the My one dreams are all when... messed up, and I know why. Why, man? Yeah, hey, because I got high. <laughs> because, because I got high. Because I got high. No, what was? What did Noah say when he broke at the flask? Oh my God, no! Noah broke when Nagisa was riding the killer whale, and I think he started screaming about Free Willy. Shit. I don't know. There oh. are parts of Free that I actually forgot had happened until I rewatched the show. Yeah, One same. of them being that it has some incredibly dark imagery moments. The second is the soundtrack is fucking awful. Um, the soundtrack does not fit the show half the time. Darude Sandstorm the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Just hard jumps to the water. Do 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 do. Do do do. Anyway, anyway. All right, back on track. They're going to talk about the ADR director and the script writers. Uh, I say script writers because there are two of them. However, there's two of them on season two only. There is only one. And yet two men could not save one dub. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Um, So the ADR director in question, we have Mr. Jerry Jewell, who has previously directed series such as Orange, Serum of the End, and Defrag. Or he would go on to direct. Well, Defrag might have been before free. I'm not sure. But anyways... Uh, the scriptwriter for both seasons of the show, uh, season one and two, would be Mr. J. Michael Tatum, who has written series such as Aka, 13 Territory Inspection Department, Steins Gate, and he's had his hands in every series from the Garo franchise. And then the writer for just season two, so for Free Eternal Summer only, uh, we have Samuel Woolley, who has gone on also to write series such as Cheer Boys, The Royal Tutor, and Brothers Conference. So he knows a few things about the Fujo crowd. He does. Yeah. I mean, Hardy, he also wrote one of our other favorite shows from back in the day, Show Mean Sample. Oh, joy. Uh huh. This really so, is a trip down memory lane, including all the things we drink to forget. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be a fun trip down memory lane today, guys. So who wants to start us off with how they feel about the directing? And Just let Hardy go first, because me and you are going to be here for a while, woman. <laughs> I think it's going to be more you who will be here for a while. I'll be here for a while. Yeah. Hardy, why don't, you, why, don't you, why don't you kick us off? How do you feel about the writing and direction? Uh, first of all, let me uh, take a position around this, uh, this nice, solid, safe barrier. Um, Good idea. I think we all need to do that. Yeah. Just cushion um, ourselves. Especially when I say that, un, with the exception of some of the unnecessary profanity that was thrown in for really no reason whatsoever, mm-hmm. for season one, I didn't have a problem with it. What's interesting is I don't have much problems in terms of season one either. 
if anything, because again, this was a weird situation where season two was came out first. Right. Oh yeah. The writing in season one is so much better. Yeah. No, I for what little I remember of season two, because when we were recording it, we were all talking over each other. We were kind of riff tracking. We were riff tracking it, and I think a few of us were intoxicated at the time, very possibly. Most Uh, of us were actually. Probably, yeah. I couldn't. I was at my grandmother's when we did that. So damn it, this is peppermint. Fuck. So, uh, yeah, from what little I remember, it was very controversial in season two because it had a lot of dude bra and and profanity that was thrown in completely unnecessarily. That and was, references we learned. And references that were not in the original script. And I know that you it's not always a good idea to stick to the original script every time when you're doing a dub. You do have to make some deviations. But it did seem in season two at least that it it went a bit too far and i like that in season one they did tidy it up quite a bit so i really honestly there were a few times to where someone would say like uh some naughty language they never went anything above pg-13 or anything like that but they would say a word and it seemed uncharacteristic given the 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 tone the, um, of the show. The tone of the show, right. Yeah. And so, yeah, those were my main issue. But other than that, I really did not have much of a problem with the writing or anything, to be perfectly honest. Okay. Or the directing, to be honest. I okay. I disagree with, uh, with some things. I will agree that season one is better than season two. Because season two, I refuse to go back and watch in English. Like, I will. Even though you own even it. Even though I fucking own it. I refuse to go back and watch it in English. I that is the dub that I think has disappointed me the most out of anything I've ever seen. It's not the worst dub I've ever seen covering this show, covering the shows for the podcast I'm on. I think personally, Dramatical Murder is always going to be the de facto worst dub I've ever seen for the show. But Free Eternal Summer is by far the most disappointing one. I have a ton of problems with the writing in season two, and I have a lot of problems with the writing and casting choices of season one. While season one's writing is better because it didn't go into dude bro territory ever, it Mm -hmm. did have a nasty, nasty problem of tone change. And that I have a bigger issue with. Because to me, Free Eternal Free as a series is a very genuine, heartfelt series at times that gets into slightly uncomfortable places. And I think that's what Mm -hmm. made the show very popular and very endearing. Because it was less about the actual sport of swimming at times and more about the bonds between the characters. Sure, there were explanations for like how certain strokes are and this and that, but a lot of the show's focus was on the, the damaged relationship, the damaged relationships between Rin and Haru or Makoto and Haru, or Rei and the group. And just to give an example of this, I have it screenshotted from Crunchyroll, and Steph has this. And she can oh, put this, you did. And she can put this on screen for you. There is a scene in episode eight. And there's a disclaimer for spoiler warnings, but at this point, Free is pretty fucking well known. Um, where Reen beats Haru in a race... And Haru doesn't come out, so the rest of the guys go and look for him, and they run into Reen. 
And Rin, in the Japanese, when they ask where Haru is, and because he doesn't know, he says, was losing to me that big of a shock. Which, to me, yeah, Rin's being arrogant and kind of a douchebag, but he doesn't genuinely understand why he is being an asshole. In the English, the dub says, maybe he's sulking because I kicked his ass at freestyle. Which makes Rin come off as an angry, arrogant douchebag and changes the tone of the scene. It's not like that in the Japanese. And I get it. The dub does need to change things to fit lip flaps and stuff. But the choice of language in wording takes a series, it takes a line that can come off as more of an innocent jab at that. Because it doesn't mention that Rin thinks he's better than Haru, like, overtly. He doesn't do it being like, oh, it doesn't directly call out the exact style he beat Haru for. No, he's just saying, in general, was losing that big of a shock to me. Because you don't, if you watch back to the last episode, the last thing Rin says, at least in the dub before getting out of the pool was, and now I never have to swim with you again, which is the real reason why Haru is fucking devastated. That's what really irks me about this. There are times where the way that the characters are given, the language that some of the characters are given comes off as overtly combative and not just like misunderstanding and stuff. And that's what really upsets me because this is a series I really genuinely enjoyed. I was actually really pleasantly surprised when I went back and watched the dub for this show how much I forgot I enjoyed the damn show. So yeah, I'm really, really, really disappointed in the writing in this show. I'm also really disappointed in the directing of this show. Because I'm going to call it out when I see it though. This show has a stunt cast. This show had, to me, did not need the cast that it had just for the star power and the names. The show is going to sell its goddamn self, guys. Like, that also gets me really angry. And I hate, like, I hate to sound like I'm bashing on this dub because there are a lot of people who really do bash on this dub. They'll say that some of the characters are too old. I'm going to talk about that when I get to certain characters because I'm like, uh, guys, do you remember the sub? This character, X character has a voice that's X like this. But while I think the dub is disappointing to me personally as a really big fan of the show, I can't knock it for people who aren't big fans of the show like Hardy. To them, there is nothing really that wrong with the dub besides the gratuitous swearing for a show that really doesn't seem like it would have swearing in it. But I've yeah. been ranting for too long and I'm going to let Lilac take over before I basically bust a blood vessel. Yeah. Uh, um, I just wanted to make a quick joke. You said it's the show is sort of short, tight, and gets in, it gets into some uncomfortable places. So it's kind of like a Speedo. God damn it. <laughs> damn it. So, um, so it's interesting because for me, it's been a few years since I've seen both the show itself as well as, uh, the English dub because I hadn't touched free in general since we watched it as a group when we watched, um, Eternal Summer a few years ago. So obviously it's very interesting coming back into this and going through this fun stuff again. I have to say that. I, again, like I was saying, the script for season one is at least so, so much better than season two. Because um, the funny thing is, I watched the entirety of season one pretty much on my own. And aside from like minor things with the script, I was kind of meh. 
I was fine with it. Like, um, what was an example that I had? I, like I said, it was the writing. The writing for season one was solid, but there's moments like, um, egg squid, squid. In, oh, the squid, squid puns. In. Oh, squid, squid puns. Pun. Yes. The goddamn squid puns. I'm like, are you serious right now? No. And Megan can attest to this. So uh, just before we recorded this, I was like, okay, there are a couple characters in season two we're going to talk about. I want to get a refresher on how they sound. So it was episode two of Eternal Summer that I was mostly watching on this. And I wrote down two goddamn lines in the span of maybe five minutes. (laughs) Like, why is this a thing? So the first one I wrote down came from uh, Momo Mikoshiba. Uh, what is it? Daddy's gotta go get his freak on. <laughs> Which, um... No. I, I laugh my ass off. Yes, I laugh my ass off. But no. I'm sorry, these kids are teenagers. And Momo is... Just, just fails at being a flirt. Just no. The second one that I wrote down happened probably a few minutes after that because um reen and the his his compatriots from samazica they go to the grand opening of the pool again uh to swim a relay as like an event kind of thing and uh momo meets reen's sister ko and he mentions that his motto is just keep swimming obvious nemo reference there yeah, exactly. Ha, ha, um, kids love finding Nemo, right? Ha ha ha! Fuck. <laughs> so, in terms of the writing of season two, with just maybe like fifteen-ish minutes of looking through bits of it, just to remind myself of how it kind of sounded. You went through meme hell. Oh God, I I. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I want to die. <laughs> like I'm not trying to bash what was done it's it's in the past at this point it's said and done it's mm-hmm. there's nothing that can be done to fix it at this point but i'm just trying i at least want to make the comparison that season one was so much more better written uh than the second season because again less dude bro going on i mean in the first five minutes because i watched i tried i watched the first little bit of first episode of um season two and in like a span of five minutes starting from the beginning of that makoto calls Mako- Makoto calls out the horror, dude, I'm coming in. I'm like, no. Stop, no. <laughs> Not already. When Makoto never said the word dude in season one. I'm like, this is not this is char- like the character at all. This is what but, um, is. It's, it's, ah. Uh. So the writing is so much better in season one, first of all. Casting wise, Megan is right. This is a stunt cast through and through. There are parts of it that I was actually fine with and worked. There are parts of it that I was iffy with. I'm not saying there are parts that didn't work for me, but there were parts that were kind of 50-50. It was either it worked or the rest of it was 50-50 to me. There was nothing that like didn't necessarily like tank or was like, there wasn't necessarily anything that was horrible. But there were moments where it was like, oh, this is a good high point, and then this is just not as good. And it was kind of this is bad. back and forth with certain with certain roles. But um, yeah, this is 
definitely a stunt cast. I get what they were going for here. I honestly do. But I think, like Megan said, it wasn't necessary. Right. There could have been, there could have been a little bit more of an adventurous cast, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. More experimental yeah, it's not like instead you're not of... going to get people... It's not like you're going to turn people off. Like, this show literally mm-hmm. prints money. Mm-hmm. This yeah. show literally and like for, prints And, like, for example, because originally I, originally I put them in here to talk about, but since there's such minuscule characters in season two, I took them out. Um, Clifford Chapin and Micah Solisod have very minor roles in the second season. They could have been somewhere in here in a larger role. They could have been other characters. I would characters, have been okay with actually. that. Huh? They should have been other characters, actually, but don't Yeah, they could there. have been given something else. They could we'll have done well with that. other roles. But um yeah, I, I understand the thought process. I understand what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And it's not like this it's not like the dub was it the dub I don't think was disrespectful to the material. I don't think it was just like a throwaway. I don't think that at all. But I think it's they just, really I th- misjudged what the fan base was for. Who this the is. execution yeah. of it, though, is what the problem is here. The execution missed the mark. Right. It's. I still think it's pretty solid. All things season one is pretty solid. Season two fell we're apart. We're not gonna talk about. Yeah. Season two kind of just lost. Yes. It. yes. But um. It season the bed. one. Season one is a dub that is just okay when it needed to be spectacular. Right. I mean, to be perfectly honest, how do you how do you really mess up something like this? Because you've got the Fujo money anyways. Basically, KyoAni had the single, dare I say it, I don't want to offend anyone, the single gayest sports anime at the point until Sayo Yamamoto said, hold my beer, y'all watch this. <laughs> yeah, okay, and, you know what? and you know what? And you know what? Your eyes, like, God, fuck, I love that dub. Wait. That show well, never went to where season two of Free Eternal Summer went, or even season one. Season, of all things, actually, Yuri on Ice's dub fucking improved some aspects of the writing. Well, mm-hmm. here's something to consider as well. I know we're kind of ragging on the casting and everything, calling it a stunt cast. It may not have also have been... Funimation's choice. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, let's throw this... It could have been... It- it could have been partially on Japan because there are some shows yeah. where Japan does have a say in what they want for a dub. Yeah, and totally. And we can also... This could be one of We them. can also throw in the fact, too, that this dub was partial... This dub, especially season one, was also partially produced by Crunchyroll. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. And, and so there's a lot... There's so many other factors and, that come and, into play. Yeah, there's a lot of factors that come into play. It doesn't mean I can't put blame on all sides. If Crunchyroll pushed this right. specific cast, that's on them, too. Like, that's on Funimation and them. Right. Because they should... At this, Because we'll say it. This show may have been the precursor to what is now Funny Roll. Yeah, there's... Unfortunately, there's many other factors. It may not... It could have been straight up on the on the dub side. It could have been Japan. It could have been they cast. It My could have been this, Japan. Like, it could have been Cartier World. There's a lot of factors, And thank God they don't know oh, they've else. improved with other sports anime, so. Right. Yes, absolutely. Like Death Parade. I... Get, <laughs> shut the fuck up, party. <laughs> <laughs> like, because after Free, we have, after Princess Free happened, Stride. we had Princess Stride, there's All Out, there's Yuri on Ice. Uh, Yuri on Ice. Cheer Boys, let's throw Cheer Boys in there while yeah. we're at it. 
Like, there's still plenty of anime that can fall under the sports category, the sports even, genre even, that came out Even afterwards. though it's not a Funimation show, Haikyuu, there's only one character yes. that says dude or bro, and that's because he's the only character that would actively, actively fucking say yeah. it. You girls are forgetting one very important title in the sports genre. Oh my god, oh, Keijo. I forgot Keijo. Yes. Yeah, Keijo too, actually. Mm-hmm. Keijo. Keijo's, Keijo does count as one. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I think... All things considered, the dub for season one is fine. I it's not phenomenal. It's not st- amazing. It's to so- something to write home about. Unfortunately, it's fine. And free eternal summer, the second season can burn in the pits of hell. Fear sweet baby Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> somebody peed was- in the pool. Oh, somebody. Yeah, somebody peed in the pool. <laughs> no, someone did not pee in the pool. You. When you someone pees in the pool, it's mildly uncomfortable for a second. No, no, somebody dropped a dookie in the pool. <laughs> someone dropped I mean, the kids off at the pool, and not <laughs> in the literal sense. Yeah, and this ain't Caddyshack. That's not that's not a Milky Way bar floating in the pool. So, great <laughs> right. pile I, of I, dog shit. Yeah, freeze, gopher. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think we've been on, we've been on the directing and writing for a while. Did we get all of our thoughts out of there? I think I, I think I I think I went full jet for a while. Ooh, I think you went full. You you never go full jet. No, We're, we love you, jet. We love you, jet. Um. Anyway, so let's talk about our first set of characters. We have three pairs, and then everybody else is gonna be individual. So. Our first set of characters are actually the only two adults that actually have something to do in the show. Hooray! So we have Miho Amakata and Goro Sasebe. Uh, Miss Amakata is the homeroom teacher of Haru and Makoto, and she ends up getting drafted as the club of uh, the uh, faculty advisor for the swim club. Uh, while Sasebe, he Sasebe used to run a recreational swim club uh, when the these boys were young back in the day back in my day yeah. he also uh, apparently buys a lot of his clothes at the thrift shop <laughs> god damn it <laughs> no 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 coach macklemore <laughs> no remember when i was saying i went through little bits of the second season for a few minutes right that fucking swimsuit that makes him look like some weird egyptian or some shit <laughs> he also, wears your da- granddad's clothes he, he looks also, incredible he's also not he is also not a weird conspiracy theorist <laughs> God damn it. um i will give anybody I, I'm not even going to say what that overt reference is to, but you should know what it is in the comments. Lovely. We'll just refer to uh, it as the superior freedom. <laughs> Alright. So, the individuals voicing these characters. Miss Amakata is voiced by Caitlin Glass, who has been in series such as Defrag, Judy Tyson, Zodiac War, and The Vision of Escaplone, the Funimation dub for it. Mm-hmm. While Sasabe is voiced by Christopher Sabat, who has been in Daiga Rapa the Animation, My Hero Academia, and Sergeant Frog. Who would like to go first? And some budget-ass indie show called Dragon Ball Z or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes that. What? What's a Dragon Ball? <laughs> anyway, who's going first? Uh, I guess I, I could go first. Yeah, go ahead. I'll go second. Go ahead. I, I like the performances, I think, in Sabat's part i think it's a bit too deep 
but uh, that's not really his fault. I don't think I would have cast him here, but he does a fine enough job. And uh, and Caitlin is doing her usual thing where she's playing. I think we commented this on the Junie Tyson episode. She plays little Miss Good Girl yeah. as usual, mm. even though this good girl has a <clears throat> CD pass she does not like to talk about. <laughs> I mean, she was just that running moment- drugs for Easter, Dave. <laughs> no, that moment when... Sabbath's character, Sasabe, puts it all together. I've yeah. whacked off to this woman. Gold. <laughs> My palms are so what? hairy because of you. My palms I are used so, so many, So many tissues died at my expense. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think, uh, I I think mean, she was cast. I mean, he was splashing cast... free all over her. <laughs> no comment. No comment. No comment at all. Um, he made his own swim club. <laughs> his little swimmers, notwithstanding, um, but yeah, his I think. Is. <laughs> Shut up! Shut up, Maggie! Make me! I'm not yeah. sorry. I know you're not. Fuck you. Remember, kids, if you think that this episode is dirty, please direct all comments. To at Jamstar1 on Twitter. <laughs> Are you going to call everybody out today? Maybe. <laughs> please, if you if, if you are, then please do so. That's funny shit. I'm sorry. I love y'all, but... Mm, and remember, any- if you're mad at her, please direct your tweets to at Noah Clue. <laughs> <laughs> that remember one- again, Jamstar1... <laughs> At Noah Clue. Go Jamstar five two. Oh sorry, right. sorry Jamstar five two nine. I forgot my own Twitter handle for a second. <laughs> Good job. One hundred episodes of this, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we've had to deal with for one hundred episodes. No, no, we. You mean me? <laughs> yes. You wouldn't have it any other way, and you know that, right? Oh. No, I, I wouldn't have it any other. Hardy's way. just inside yeah. seething, wishing his parents were gone. Because unlike me, who has no shame, he does. <laughs> I get kicked out of the house. You can come. Right, you can, anyway. just, can I? Can I finish my comments, please? Yes, Sorry. Okay. Please, please let him finish his comments. I think Caitlin did fine. I think Sabbath did good. I probably would not have cast him in this particular role, but he does it well, uh, all things considered. So that's those are my thoughts. The Thank end. You. The end. Have a good night, everyone. Yes. Thank you so much, Lack. <laughs> I can't actually be mean to Lack. He's too sweet. Um, Lack is a good person. Lack is a yeah. Lack is the eternal good boy of our channel. Yes, he is actually. Anyway, be Megan, free, how you, do you sweet feel about innocent child. Uh, actually, Sasabe is my favorite performance in the whole dub. Um, <laughs> by virtue of the fact I never wanted to kill him. Um, Nice. No, I actually really liked Sabbath as this cast because he doesn't look like a character you would normally cast Sabbath as. Um, mm-hmm. Face it, there are the the burliest man in all of Free is a combination of Sosuke and Makoto, and I'm pretty sure that's who Gigi wants to see fuck. Um, <laughs> that's probably I her think ship. There, let's there face are it. people who ship it. It's, it's not Mako Haru, but it'll do. Um, but. Uh, Honestly, I, I really enjoyed it because I really thought he had the laid-back kind of voice and, and 
he sounded actually vaguely Bishonen, of all things. And I didn't think Chris Abbott could do that. Um, I feel the same way about Caitlyn as I did in Junie Tyson, with less anger and hatred. Um, oh. less salt. She's fine. Uh, she is the cute teacher girl who has... Though I did like when she got sassy and angry, because she was the only character who ever got sassy and angry. Um, that being said, uh, I don't think I would probably recast them if I had the chance to. I thought they were perfectly fine. I don't remember what my old predictions are. It's been like th almost three fucking years. Um, I remember my old prediction for Miss A was actually right. <laughs> I didn't guess Sasame though. I th no, wait, did I? Go. I feel like I put Robert McCollum in that Go one, actually. Yourself, Stephanie. <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have to look back at the Just video. Just go, woman. Um, I actually liked both of these performances. I mean, Caitlyn being the mentor figure, uh, it's slightly like a big sister type of role, which, if we learned anything from Kyoka, I want Caitlyn as my big sister. Um... Which, Miss A, she is fairly young, so it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I really enjoyed Caitlyn as Miss A. She had she had this mentor attitude. She also had... that. <laughs> she is one of the few characters who does get angry about her, especially about her little secret. Um, I was but... in pornos. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. I have been in Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Let's go. Oh, come on. That's um, porn to people. That's probably porn to Sasabe, but, uh... <laughs> you can't tell me I'm wrong. Um, no, no, I can't, of... Amon. <laughs> speaking of, uh, Sasabe. So, Chris Sabbath. I think for a while before, um, I got to hear him as Sasabe, I got kind of used to the big burly banding characters from him. And I wanted to see something different, and then I got to see something different. <laughs> and I like the energy he puts into it, and he just seems to have so much fun with this one. It's a fun performance. So really, honestly, with Caitlin and Chris, I enjoy both of these performances a lot from them. Uh, do we think we're good to move on? Yes, please. Oh, boy. I was in your zone. And into the let's, hospital. <laughs> let's move on to the brothers Mikoshiba. Oh, whoops, not the hospital. Not the hospital, oh lord. We have uh, Seijiro Mikoshiba, who is the older brother of the two. In season one, he is the team captain of Semezuka, as well as a third year. And then in season two, uh, he ends up graduating, passing the captain hood and the torch on to Rin, who we'll discuss later. And then we're introduced to Momotaro Mikoshiba, aka Momo, who is aggressively the heterosexual. Aggressively heterosexual otter, remember? The aggressively heterosexual sea otters. Mm -hmm. yes. In a speedo. Yes. In a speedo. Uh, so. Man, this new generation of Pokemon's getting really fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> so the individuals voicing these characters as Seijiro Mikoshiba, the older brother, we have Robert McCollum, who has been in series such as Attack on Titan, Gangsta, and Psychopaths. Meanwhile, Momo Mikoshiba is voiced by our director, Jerry Jewell, who has been in series such as The Disaster Slave of Psyche K, Fruits Basket, and Hitalia. As our wonderful Can I magic say something here? Pipe of fate. What? Can we also point out that Seijiro 
Robert McCollum's character of Sejuro looks exactly like his character Ginty from Death Parade. In a speedo. That's right. In a speedo. Swimming Ginty. We called swimming Ginty. Swimming Ginty. We called him Swimming Ginty. And then Th- Dr. Theo from Gangsta was Dr. Ginty. Dr. Ginty. <laughs> oh, Lord. So, who wants to start us off with Robert and Jerry as the Mikoshiba brothers? Party. Um, I don't Cause really... Because I know Jerry... Momo is... Is a season two character only, not season one. Um, but again, we're kind of just bringing him up for right. the help. For I don't really. really remember his performance all that much. It's been a couple years, and like I said, I was probably intoxicated at the time, so <laughs> I just remember him being. I kind mean, of honestly, a, that was the best way to watch Eternal Summer, so you wouldn't remember. I just remember him being very energetic and almost obnoxious at times. So, and um, and for his older brother. Uh, he didn't really make that much of an impression on me, even though he was sort of the commandeering captain type for Samezica. Um So it was fine, I guess, from what I could remember. Um, that's really the only opinion I have. I, I do find it odd that Jerry Jewell keeps ending up playing uh, animal boys, for, such as a cat man and a rabbit man and now an otter man. So, And two of them are mostly shirtless. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean Usagi. Good lord! Mm-hmm. Oh, not Usagi. Remember, we gave him a name. <laughs> I forgot the name. I'm sorry. You called oh, him Farley. Farley. Although I, I think although I yes. think Swayze would have been more. I think Swayze would have been more appropriate. No, well, okay. Look, he may be built like Patrick Swayze's, but he's got the brain like Chris Farley. <laughs> oh, true. Very true. Pence <laughs> Farley. Anyway. Uh, Megan, how do you feel about the Farley the Rabbit murdered for your sins. Let's see. About three years ago, I liked Jerry Jewel's Momo. Upon re-listening to a clip five minutes ago, not so much. While we do appreciate that he brings a lot of the energy to Momo, he does sound a little bit too old. Just a wee bit. But, and, uh, in, in terms of Seijiro... I think Robert McCollum was a really good choice for it. It just kind of sucks that season one and season two Sager doesn't do so much. But I think he gets the tone down. I just wish he was a more memorable character. Also, B, I'm surprised he didn't invite Co up to his room to listen to some Dave Matthews. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, However, I will say I enjoyed Robert McCollum being cast in the show. Because I feel like Robert McCollum wasn't a stunt cast. I actually thought it was a really inspired choice. Right. And I wish that the show would have continued that theme of inspired choices. Yeah, that's what I think about the uh, secondary cast is that it's not yeah. it's not as, you know... Um, Except for Caitlin. Oh, well, yeah. It's not as, as you know, what is typecast I, isn't cast. the word. Yeah, basically. Yeah, the, yeah, they actually took some chances with the secondary cast members. And it actually really like, worked yeah. out in all but one case to me. Mm-hmm. But we're not there yet. Momo is a ball of energy. Momo is also the line that said that had uh, Daddy needed to get his freak on. <laughs> He's like 15. He's no one's daddy. <laughs> the kid is 15. But also hearing Jerry Jewel say those words, I lost my shit. Uh, <laughs> Momo but, needs um, a daddy, not is a daddy. Because if 
if you've ever met Jerry Jewel in person, he's the most chill human being you could ever meet. Such a nice guy. And then he says this, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to think. Um, yeah, from what I can recall and what I got to, like, refresh myself with, Momo is definitely a ball of energy. Uh, and can kind of come off as obnoxious at times. And on a similar vein... He's essentially in a more immature Seijiro, which is kind of the point, since they're brothers. Um, but going into Robert McCollum, I liked this performance. It was definitely a mature leadership kind of role, because that's what this character calls for. But in his own way, Robert also brought on this ball of energy as well, which kind of helps connect him and Jerry as two brothers in that sense. It, so it's very interesting to see. It's also very interesting to see Robert McCollum voice a character who is wearing a Speedo. But uh, <laughs> Oh, come on. Like, none of you all wanted to see his character from Psychopaths in a Speedo. I mean, you're not wrong, but still a little, little weird to get into for a few minutes. But, um... Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed Robert. I'm just kind of sad that, unfortunately, um, the character itself wasn't that memorable. Because that would have given him much more to do and more of a presence. But I do let, enjoy Robert as Seijiro. And then Jerry as Momo. I, again, it's one of those things where I get what they were going for with it. Which is this ball of energy. Just running around like he's like the Energizer Bunny or some shit. But, um, there are points where it could come off as obnoxious. Again, I would have to rewatch the entirety of season two, but I'm not gonna. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I, I love you guys, but no, I'm not putting myself through that hell. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I would say from what I can recall and from what I refreshed myself with, I did like Jerry as Momo, but it can come off as obnoxious at times. That's really the only, that's really the only drawback is sometimes some of the dialogue and the exchanges can come off of as, as obnoxious. Right. Um, and again, I think that's kind of the point of the character is he is kind of a little obnoxious yeah. twit. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's, he's an obnoxious twit, but he should still be, like, you know, listenable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not saying that he's um, not, but he can come off as very Right. Do we think we're good to move on? Yes, please. Yes. All right. Our final pair before we go completely individual. So we got two more members of the Samazica team, one of which is prominent only in season two. The other one we do get to see in both seasons. So we have Aichiro Nitori, who is the who is a in, in season one. He's a first year, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um and he kind of, for a good amount of the time, becomes a confidant for Reen. He's Reen's um, boy wonder. <laughs> da, 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 da. He's the Robin. He's the to Robin. Reen's Batman. Okay, wait, no, no, not going there. I can't make a joke. I cannot make a joke about that with Batman and Robin because those are like his sons. Nope, not doing it. Not doing it. And then, and then we have. And the ladies are about to squee with joy. Just Gigi. Uh, we have mostly Gigi. Mm -hmm. uh, Sosuke Yamazaki. He is a character prominent in the second season of the show. Mm -hmm. uh, very prominent in the second season of the show, actually. Mm -hmm. um, 
he basically, at the start of the second season, he transfers from this prestigious school in Tokyo uh, back to Samezuka and joins up with the swim, swim team there. But there's also more to it, as all of all of these um, so all of this show can tell you. There's always more to these kinds of characters. Right. He would have um, showed up in season one, but he couldn't shoulder that responsibility. Good job, Hardy. I'm proud. Wait, you're not Hardy. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, if you have issues with that last joke, that is Zenith will rule. God damn it. <laughs> Man, so, it feels so good getting that joke off my shoulders. Zen, that wasn't very nice, honey. You're a bad girl. <laughs> God damn it. All right. So... <laughs> Time out, time out, really quick, because you could you have to cut this off. Um, what? Do you know that there's a card against humanity card that's like shitting all over the floor like a dirty, dirty girl, right? <laughs> yes. That is the exact Why? image that popped into my head when I said that. Nice. You're such a dirty, dirty girl shitting all over my carpet. No, it's dirty kitty. Dirty, oh dirty God. kitty. Look at that dirty pussy. Stop it, I'm gonna need a fucking shower now. God damn. I feel so gross. This is like the dub version. This is dub talk the Pootie Tang edition. <laughs> Sadate. I'm a sign your penny on the runny card. Please keep the Pootie Tang reference at least in there. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Tonight, children, we're talking about the dub of Pootie Tangs. What a time. That would be Hardy's ideal dream episode. It's just talking about Pootie Tang for two hours. <laughs> because if you did not know, Spaceman Hardy is a man of class, and that man loves himself some Pootie Tang. I do, I really do. I'm still waiting on the Criterion re-release for Blu-ray Collector's Edition. Of Pootie Tang. Of Pootie Tang, yes. <laughs> Only if I can get a, like, Criterion Blu-ray release of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, now that one nice. actually deserves it, to be perfectly honest. Fucking great movie. Yes. There are a lot of movies that Criterion needs to re-release, and I'm only half joking about Booty Tang. Because, I mean, if Dean Lipton in, unironically enjoys the film, you know you've got a hit on your hands. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. So the individuals voicing these two Samezuka characters, uh, we have for Nitori, uh, we have Josh Greeley, who has been <laughs> in the series of the... You okay? <laughs> doing the arm and scream. <laughs> he's like, he's like. I wasn't even gonna talk about Attack on Titan, but okay. He's like, I have Aaron, to reference no. everything. He's like, he's no. like, hey, he's like, hey, Armin, I found a spider. No. <laughs> We're just referencing everything tonight. It's great. Hey, so Josh Greeley has been in series such as Snow White with the Red Hair, Princess Jellyfish, and Ping Pong the Animation. Oh, so if we're uh, referencing uh, Snow White with the Red Hair, hey, 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 Hardy. Yeah. Bam. 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 I wanted that so We're bringing sexy Josh. Yeah. No. You, uh, <laughs> I don't remember the rest of the words. Yeah. No. Oh, 
Okay. Alright. Okay. People are going to be in, like, pain watching this. Probably. But it's okay. Is Remember, kids, if you're in pain from watching this, send all of your complaints to at Roots of Justice. <laughs> uh... Remember, kids, that's at Roots of Justice. Oh, God, And remember, he accepts all payments and pugs. Yes. Or occasional <laughs> oh, Dotson. Or occasional Dotson. <sighs> yes. <laughs> all right. everybody Ooh. by now. And, uh, yeah, we gotta get back into this. And as the voice of Sosuke Yamazaki, ladies, prepare yourselves, or I should Just say Gigi. Gigi. <laughs> uh, we have Ian Sinclair. Who has been in series such as Nanbaka, Space Dandy, and Yona of the Dawn. Uh, Hardy, did you want to start us off with these two, or you want one of us to go first? Um, I'll go. Sure. How do you feel about Ian Sinclair and Josh Greeley as Sosuke and Nitori? Well, like I said, I don't remember much from season two, but I do remember Ian as Sosuke. And it's pretty standard Ian Sinclair fare. Um, not really his goofy doofus sort of voice but more of his serious uh, more taciturn straight man type of voice mm. like he has the various you have the your various shades of Ian Sinclair like you have your doofus and then you have your serious role your and then of one to Favreau. and you have Favreau. <laughs> yes that's true yeah but and and so Sosuke was more on the straight side of the uh, of the spectrum, and so yeah, it's your typical, you know, straight laced Ian Sinclair. Who's making a joke? <laughs> straight men and free. They do exist, believe it or not. They do exist. They do exist. They're like, and their name are, and this, their name is Momo. Yes. For some reason. They're like the M and M's in the Santa Claus commercial, or the Santa Claus. They in the do M&Ms exist. Commercial. He does exist. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, it was standard Ian Sinclair as far as Sosuke is concerned. He can be a kind of a butt sometimes, but um, mm. as as a character, as a character, I mean. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty standard fare. And um, for Josh Greeley as what's his Nitori, I believe his name yes. is. Yes. Yeah, it's again, it's pretty standard Josh Greeley fare for that type of character. I think he played the little boy wonder uh, sidekick fairly well, and. Um, yeah, there's really not much to say. It's it is a bit of a typecast, but I mean it's still better than our main cast, if that's any indication. If in I- the case in the case of Josh, this is this this role also predates things like like Yuri on Ice and let's throw this out there, Blood Blood K Battlefront. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh god. Before we really got to see what he could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before we really saw what he was capable of. So yeah, I can see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, there are some step. roles that Josh Greeley just goes completely ham on. This isn't really one of them. It's one of the more toned down, laid back type. So that's all I got to say. Megan? Uh, you actually go next. No, you go. I'm eating a muffin right now. <laughs> muffin takes all. Muffin. Oh, baby. Yes, I have food in my mouth, so I can't do anything. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Oh, my. So, Shut up. Uh, just... Just to go over Ian, um, Gigi's going to punch me in the face for saying this. He aight. He aight. Um, he aight. He aight. He's okay. Yeah. 
I think that he does an okay job. He fits the role that he's uh, that he's meant to be. He may be a little bit, a little too old. Um, but going on to Nitori, I I thought for some reason in the Japanese that it was played by a woman. Um, and I just looked it up, and it's not. Um, it was Bravo. It was not from what I from what I remember. Okay, it is a guy. In fact, the Japanese version of Nitori was actually Bash the Stampede. Um, huh. Well, damn, okay. Yeah, he fucking old. Um, <laughs> but my biggest thing is that... God, Josh Gurley is fucking wasted in this show. Um, I mean, you're not wrong. Josh Gurley should have been another character. Um, <laughs> I bet I know which one. Actually, if I, I was actually talking, and Roots of all people showed me his uh, predictions, um, I think he put. I want to say he put him as Nagisa, but honestly, knowing Josh Gurley's range, he would have also been a fucking fantastic Haru. Um, he could have literally been any of the main dudes and have been fantastic, because Josh Gurley is a fucking fabulous actor. Um, I just feel like they wasted him in this role. And it's not a bad performance. It's just that he doesn't really do a lot. He's kind of relegated to the background. And he um, just... It's just okay. They're both okay performances. They they don't... Ian's character, especially in season two, gets a lot of really good emotional moments. And I will say, yeah, he hit the really high points. And Josh has some cute moments here and there. Uh, they're both uproariously funny in the OVA episode of season two. Because... I remember that! We watched where, it together. Yeah, where we... Also, B, we learned that Josh Gurley can do a bitchin'-ass Sailor Moon impression. Um, yes! Thanks to the that season the two commentary. Ever. In the name of the moon, I will punish you! He should have been. He's canon Sailor Moon. I, th- I think... I think, um... Reen lost his shit when he heard that. Oh, yeah. Reen's actor lost his garbage. Um, <laughs> but I just think that... Josh Greeley's performance is really good. It's just a shame that Josh Greeley is Nitori. Because he would have, I feel like he would have been better fit as another character. Steph, you're up. Are you done with your muffin now? No. Eat faster, woman. Swallow. Swallow. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> um, Eat okay. that white fish. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Ian... Since he, since Sosuke is the one we're not prominently talking about here, I, I, I liked it. I mean, from the refresher that I got, he was rather menacing. Cause, I, oh yeah, Sosuke's got a big old stick of his butt. Uh huh. I was mostly refreshing myself on episode two of Eternal Summer, and I watched, I at least watched through the scene where he first confronts Haru at the soda machine. And it looks like it was to beat his ass down. <laughs> like, he was very menacing. And yet, to an extent, you can tell there's something more going on with this character. Which there is. I mean, again, he, unfortunately, he just couldn't shoulder being a part of season one. Even but, um, you had to do one. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but from the rest of the performance that I could recall, I remember from season two that Ian for season two Ian was actually one of my favorite performances of the show 
Um, because he was menacing, he was also vulnerable. He was a lot of these different layers to this character, and I thought it went rather well. And then Josh's Nitori. I also agree that Josh could have been utilized a lot better elsewhere, but he's also the perfect fit for Nitori. He's also the perfect choice for Nitori. Because Nitori is a sweet cinnamon roll too pure for this world. <laughs> and a lot of characters that Josh tends to play are sweet cinnamon rolls too good and pure for this world. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Except on the rare occasions when we get the Femps and the, um, the Femps of the world. Are you uh, saying that Femp isn't a sweet cinnamon roll? Are you insane? Shh. Why would you think he is? Well, I mean, he's got a few raisins here and there, but... Oh, God damn it. You know, and he's definitely so nutty, you know. He's off his rocker. <laughs> yes. But, um... I, I think Josh was the perfect choice here for Nitori. Because if I were to recast him anywhere, it probably more than likely would have been Nagisa. Like, that's the obvious place to put him if we were recasting. But I liked him as Nitori. He was the sweet little innocent child. <laughs> he, 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 he's the precious little cinnamon roll. But Nitori also is an insecure character. Mm -hmm. This is not... This kind of comes in bits and pieces through season one. Though it's more prominent in season two, if I remember correctly, yep. where Nitori is rather insecure about being part of the team because he feels like he's not good enough compared to some of these other talented athletes. And the way that Josh portrays that little character arc and those character traits for Nitori was fantastic. Like, every time Nitori was on screen, I just kind of was like, smiling a stupid goofy fucking grin and I was like oh Nitori poor precious child <laughs> I wanted to hug him and tell him everything was okay um I think Nitori was probably one of my other favorite performances of the show but um yeah like even though Josh would have been probably better suited in a different role he was perfect here like I loved it yeah. um okay do we think we should move on? Yes, because we are, we're actually making pretty good time, but... We got six characters to go. Right. And all of them are individual. Alright. Wow, that looked like a fish on the waveform. That looks pretty cool. <laughs> Alright, so the first character we're going to be talking about first is Go Matsuoka. Or Ko, as she would Watch out, she'll cut you. She's, she's stabbed a girl in the yard. <laughs> With a shiv. Stabbed a girl in the yard. I stabbed oh, a girl 50% off, you precious. 50% off, you precious, precious thing, you. Uh, <laughs> my mom is screaming. She will cut a bitch outside my room. <laughs> mom, I can hear you. <laughs> so... She doesn't Ko have a Twitter. I can't throw her to the boss. <laughs> Damn it. So Ko is the younger sister of Reen, who we'll be talking about later on down the line. Uh, she is also the manager for the Iwatoi Swim Club. She's also the audience surrogate because all she actually does is splooge about men's muscles. Mm -hmm. Basically, yes. Uh, so who better to voice Ko Matsuoka than me? <laughs> no. 
Then Jamie Markey. Oh, that too. Who has been in series such as Panty and Stocking, Death Parade, and Love Tyrant. Now, who wants to go first to talk about Jamie and her performance as Co? Uh, I guess I'll go first. Go right ahead. Not particularly a fan, to be perfectly honest. I know you two have said that some of the male performances sounded a bit old. That was my main critique here, is okay. that, yeah, Ko is very young. She's like a first year, isn't she? Yeah, she's one of the younger In season characters. one, she's a first year. She's yeah. a first year, right. And uh, and I think J- Jamie just doesn't really have the teenager type of voice for the ki- the age that Ko is. And, she's I, and 16, she tries technically. She's 15, right. 16. Right. No, I just, I don't know. It's just... I don't really think that her voice was really suited for this character. And there were times to where it did sound a little bit annoying at first, like when she tried to go a bit higher pitched. Um, I like Jamie just fine as an actress in general, but this was not one of my favorite performances from her, to be honest. I will actually join you in not liking this. Um, she is. Oh God, how do I say this? Co basically screeches. Yeah. Almost every line, and that's not the fault of Jamie, because the character all she she literally has two character distinctions: uh, being Ren's little sister and uh, splooging over muscles. Right. She has no in between. Um. Oh, oh I just realized she is. Uh, she's muscle fetish Mari. Get out. <laughs> Don't you insult Love Live like that, even though Mari is, in fact, the worst girl in Chun-Chun. Right. Um, oh, Lord. Uh, but, no, like, Ko yells a ton. And it grates after a while. And Jamie Markey is a really good actress. She's fantastic in Death Parade. She's fantastic in Yuri Kuma. She's fantastic in Danganronpa. She was great in Sukasuka, but she's not the person for this role in this. Actually, of all people, I think that the person who played her friend, Hana, should have been... Should have been... Ko. Oh, Tia Ballard? A, yes. Mm. Though, Tia Ballard, if they... As long as they wouldn't make her do what I would call the augury or... Um... Miss whatever the fuck her name is from my love story um shows you how much i remember that show when i watched it only like two months ago um i just feel like she wasn't given a good direction on the character because there was no subtlety to the performance it was like being beaten over the head with a hammer i don't think it was a stunt cast to be honest i don't remember jamie markey playing a lot of like screeching loud characters like that up to that point, I knew her mostly from Panty and Stocking and, like, Strike Witches. Don't judge me. Um, but I would say that it is one of my least favorite performances in the show. I may have to join you two on that bandwagon, unfortunately. Because um, it's, it's a similar dilemma for Jamie that I had with Trina Nishimura and Code Realize. 
she does screech a lot of the lines at times. Not to the extent where I possibly fear for her vocals, but it comes pretty close. But it's... Jamie's actually one of the performances that I'm kind of 50-50 with. There are these moments where I'm perfectly... I'm okay. I'm fine with it. It's good. Like, more of the calmer moments I'm okay with. But then she starts getting into those moments, a lot of it being the muscle-bound moments, where she starts, like, going into that higher range, and it starts, unfortunately, becoming a little bit obnoxious at times. So, Jamie is... I, I love her performances. To, I love her as an actress to death. She's amazing. But Ko is one of those performances where it's 50-50 to me. There are the good points for it, but there are also the not as good points. And unfortunately, it's the parts where she comes close to basically screeching everything is the downside here. Um, otherwise, I think the performance of Ko is not too bad. All things considered. <laughs> um, but yeah, she was really 50-50 for me throughout the entire show, honestly. It's also a shame the show never did much with her also. Yeah, that's that's it's also a shame the show didn't really do a lot mm -hmm. with Ko for her character. She was just kind of there. She existed. Mm -hmm. She she's she's a person that existed in this universe and in this time and date and this space. Um but anyway, are we ready to move on? Sure. Yes. Now we're really getting into the boys. Oh, Lord. Here we go. Oh, no. Rei Ryugazaki. Rei. Ryugazaki. Ryugazaki. Thank you. Rei. Oh, Rei. Rei. Rei is actually my favorite character <laughs> from the show. Um. So, Ray, he gets recruited in season one of the show. Uh, Nagisa kind of hounds him when they're trying to find another member to. Hey, hey, sweet thing. I'm going to call you Run Buns because you like to run and I like your buns. <laughs> uh, but um, Ray originally was part of the track and field team before basically becoming convinced to join the swim team. Even though the motherfucker can't swim. Yeah, that's kind of important. <laughs> no, he can kind only swim butterfly. He can only swim butterfly. He can't swim anything else until you get to season two where Reen starts teaching him. <laughs> and then he finally can swim other things. But um Also, Ray is the only character in a sports anime to come close to fucking dying. <clears throat> Legit, yeah, he almost fucking drowns in the ocean. I want to swim away, but don't know how. <laughs> Sometimes I feel it's like I'm falling in the ocean. <laughs> anyway, so who better to play Ray? Who better to play the tall, thin, spectacled nerd, I should say. Than good old Shut Jay Michael Tatum. <laughs> Shut your mouth. It's J. Michael Tatum. Oh, close no, up. really? Lee? No. Who has been in series such as 18 If, Black Butler, and Kamisama Kiss. Uh, Hardy, he also played another. What? He also played another uh, very tall, spectacled nerd recently. He He's did? the voice of Ida in My Hero Academia. Oh, 
You mean land? Right. You mean land ray? Land ray. Yes. Land ray. <laughs> no, try. No, it's he's land. Ray. It's the land ray. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> No, he's Ray if he stuck the track and field. Basically, and had engines and in his legs. Legs. Yeah. No, All um, right, Har- actually. Hardy, did you want to go first? I will go first, actually. My only critique is that the voice does sound a bit deep for a high school character, but I actually really enjoy this perf- performance as mm-hmm. typecast as it is because we do know Tatum plays a lot of these types of characters. And there's a reason is because he plays him very well because he basically is a very tall, bespectacled, uh, well-built nerd. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean that in every – as flattering as man. possible. I've seen him in person recently. Yes. He's a pretty man. <laughs> he, he does take care of himself very well, yes. yes. But, yeah, I mean he plays these parts well because he's he, – it's basically him. And uh, I do like Ray a lot when he gets into his um, – scientific mode how he tries to uh science yeah he tries to tackle his training using the powers of science and uh, those moments are great but i also really appreciate the moments where he's uh, sort of an emotional um like in a dilemma like when his arguments with with reen and also his his moments where he's fighting with the rest of the characters and and having like these really down yeah, to he earth. Just, he kind of feels left out. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. have a history that's, with these people. He doesn't that's have a history bigger... and, and he went into the yeah. swim club not even knowing how to swim. And so yeah, he's sort of the odd duck, the the black sheep of the family. And and watching right. him sort of come into his own is really refreshing. I think Tatum actually plays this this role really, really well. And this is one of the, the few typecasting decisions in the cast I really did not mind because I think he did a very good job. So you know how you said Ray sounded really, really deep for a high schooler? Right. Mm-hmm. He's actually not as deep as the Seiyu. Uh, that doesn't surprise me one bit, actually. Okay, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, because the Seiyu is a little bit deeper, yeah. The Seiyu was a fuck ton deeper, actually. Yeah. We, we talking like Norio Wakamoto deep, or what are we talking about? Um, let me grab the, the name of the Seiyu and a couple of his other roles. Uh, it's, it's not that important. It's, it really is. No, but it'll give you an idea. Okay. Um. Oh, it's Daisuke Hirakawa. I should have known that off oh. the top of my head. Um, I've let my friend Kenny down. Um, my friend. <laughs> I am disappointed. I am. I've disappointed. I've disappointed a lot of people in my life. Son, I am disappointed. I am literally a walking disappointment. Don't even. Oh, <laughs> no, you're not. Stop it. Me. He's actually Lito in the Japanese version of Diabolic Lovers. Forgot that. Oh uh, no, um, he's the Japanese voice of Kakuine from. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, he's he's Kakuine from JoJo's. Uh, he's I'm trying to think of other things. He's actually in Princess Stride. He's Jerome in Ber- the New Berserk. Um, <laughs> he's Saint Germain in Code Realize. <laughs> Oh, nice. Nice! <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, dude's got a pretty deep fucking voice. Um, now that we're getting into this, now I want to grab all the, the, the say you just to point this out. Um, well, why don't you finish your thoughts on Tatum as Ray? I am. Uh, no, I, I agree fully with Hardy. He's actually the only one of the main guys that I have zero issue with. Um, I, I, I love the performance a lot. It kind of 
Yeah, you know what? Yeah, fine. It's the fucking stunt cast. But at least this one works. Like, I legit could feel like he was the best out of the main dudes. Um, he really got into it. He really delivered on the emotional moments. Especially in the latter half of season one. Um, mm -hmm. I don't really have a lot of complaints about him. I actually would defend his casting choice out of all of the guys, the, except for one. There's one other male voice I will have no issues with, and I would actually shank a girl over. Um, I better know where this will go later. Oh, that's- oh, by the way, that story is being told tonight. That story has to be told tonight. If you've never heard it, I- prepare for you're a, in for a fun time you're in you're in for a trip to the bathroom because you'll pee yourself laughing oh um, lovely uh but i i i i honestly think that ray is probably one of the best voice of any of the male characters in the show so see look i, I said something nice about this dub yeah there are good things i will totally agree with that because if i remember right when i was when i made predictions so many freaking years ago I think this one I got right, either that or I can't remember. No, I think they announced this one first. I, I think everybody and their mom had this one right. Probably. I mean, even though, again, sun casting is sun casting. This is one of those times where, like you guys are saying, it works. And I think. And I think what also helps is that Tatum knew what he was getting into. Yeah, he was also writing the show, so... He knew what he was getting into, so... It's one of those situations where... You know how when David Wald wrote the second season of Diabolic Lovers, he had fun with it? Right. With Tatum, because he knew what he was getting into with this show, he had a lot of fun as Ray. You can tell that Tatum had a lot of fun performing as Ray here, and I loved every second of it too. And those emotional moments because he is the one who's alienated in this group. Those emotional moments at the like the latter half of season one are really, really good. Like I got so attached to the performance from those emotional moments. I mean, again, Ray was also one of my favorite characters from the show itself. And I, uh, I just loved every second of it because you have the logical calculating nerd who likes using numbers and theory. You have the kid who can't swim and he gets frustrated. You also have the kid who likes doing things beautifully. He's a fucking nerd. He's a fucking nerd. And then you have those, again, the emotional moments where he feels alienated from everybody else because he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't have this history with everybody. And it's very interesting. I think there's, there's so many parts of this character that Tatum has to play. And I think he performed them all wonderfully. So this is probably one of my favorite performances of the show as well. And even though it's an obvious casting choice, it works. Right. So, so well. Um, do we want to move on? Yes. Sure. Mm -hmm. All right, we're down Let's to Let's just four. keep swimming. Just keep swimming. All right, Nagisa Hazuki. 
Oh boy. This little gremlin. Oh lordy, here we go. -y. This gremlin. So Nagisa is a first year at Iwatobi High School. He's the brainchild behind the swim club coming back to life. Um, and in elementary school, uh, when they when him, Makoto, Rin, and um, Haru were all younger, they did swim a relay together. So he does know these the other four characters, the other three characters we'll talk about in a little while. Uh, and Nagisa is a ball of energy, who's also kind of a dunce sometimes. Sometimes. Okay, all the time. Right. But uh, the person who voices Nagisa is actually Greg Ayers, who has been in series such as Owen High School Host Club, Carnival, and Welcome to the NHK. Uh, Hardy, do you want to start us off with what you think of Greg as Nagisa? Uh, I am very 50-50 on this performance. For one, I can see why they chose Greg for this, because he's done this type of character so many times in the past. For another, it's almost overkill at times. Like it's there's just, no subtlety. There's no subtlety. This is the most Greg Ayers role that Greg Ayers has ever been Greg Ayers. And <laughs> that's a lot of Greg Ayers. That's a lot of Greg Ayers, yeah. And and at too times it's Gregs. it's too many Gregs, yes. There's too many Gregs. Yeah, and too many Gregs can and can ruin can the spoil stew. The brew. Spoil the brew, right. Too many Gregs can pee in the pool. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, and especially when they go into flashbacks and Greg oh, play. Dresser. Yeah. Whereas the other main characters that actually got female actresses to play the oh, younger versions God. of them. Greg just hikes his voice up even higher than it already I is. I think that was digitally altered. Yeah. And, and it's, it's to the point to where it's like glass shattering at that point. And at, I'm very mixed because Greg is good at what he does. Um, and when he does it, he does it well. But at this point, I think, I just think it's, it's, it's borderline annoying. It's borderline annoying at best. And it's just outright bothersome at worst. And I have nothing bad to say about Greg Ayers as an actor. I probably would not have cast him in this role if I was, uh, the casting director. That's all I have to say. Megan? Um... I'm also 50-50 about it. I think that there's times where he can be really, really good. Um, there are times where, it, like as Haru you said, it is absolute freaking overkill. It is time for the Greg Screaming Show. Um, for the record, his his Japanese seiyuu is Subasa Yonga, who is in a lot of really Fujo-y stuff, but he's also the character that is the guard at Justin that Justin Briner plays in Snow White with the red hair. Ah. Oh, okay. Shuka in the right. Japanese. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, He's also, but for Lilac and me, uh, Japanese uh, Nagisa is Izumi from Love Stage. I forgot about that. Still not my favorite person we're going to talk about later. <laughs> we're talking about that one next. Um, uh, but I, I agree totally. Like, I feel like this would have been a good place for someone like a Josh Grayley. Um, potentially even getting a female say you, I mean, a female say, fuck me, a female voice actress who could do a deeper voice, um, slightly deeper voice. Cause face it, Nagi does not sound like his balls have dropped. Um, or hell, um, 
I think God. a Justin Briner would have been good here. Yeah, like Justin Briner would have been good. Dallas Reed would have been really good with, in this. I mean, at the same time, in that regard, I, they weren't there. They weren't there. Prominent yet. They yeah. weren't yeah. Too prominent. prominent. Yet. But right. I'm saying that if you were going to, this is a show that prints money, and face it, sometimes you need to take risks. There's a risk for you to take right there in those two. We didn't need to wait, like, at least in Justin's case, like, what, another seven. About another seven months, and we get a Wari no Seraph, right? A bit Seraph at the end. Right. And where he's I... Mika, and at that point in time, I'm pretty sure they were uh, working on um, Gato, where he's going to be Alfonso. So, I don't think that Greg is awful. In terms of all the stunt casting, I would say he's maybe third. He's maybe in third place on the scale of the five, with one being the one I have no problem with, and five being my biggest issue. He's maybe three. So I I think that he's, he's aight, but it could have potentially been a different actor, and maybe it wouldn't have come off as grading at points. So I'm also kind of 50-50 on Greg is Nagisa. I actually should say 75-25. The 25 portion being why the hell did they use him as the younger version of Nagisa? Yeah. I think we can all agree that that was kind of, um... Dumb. It's... Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say it's dumb, but it's, like, compared to, like, you Com obviously use different actors for the younger version. You used women of... for the younger versions, we can tell. Yeah, it's, like... It's to which I, really... by the way, except for with one other character i actually think all of the younger all of the actresses who do the younger versions of the characters are better than the actual older males uh it's just it's just like uh but um nagisa i mean i honestly thought it was okay i mean it's greg as greg doing his greg thing i don't i don't really have any problems with it only because it's this it's a similar role that I've seen him play before. Can it get to the point where it's obnoxious? It comes close to me. Like it kind of hits the borderline of that. Ow, as I hit my hand on my desk. Great. Um it it kind of borders that fine line between tolerable and obnoxious. But all things considered. I mean, Greg, I think, is a good choice as Nagisa, honestly. Even if this is purely for a stunt casting situation, I think he was fine, honestly. My Again, my only gripe really is the choice in having him play his babby self. Mm. That's really my only problem. Uh, We feel good about moving on? Yeah, yeah. we're making great time, actually. We're making very good time. Is it time to embarrass myself? It's very much time to embarrass yourself. We're going to talk about Makoto Tachibana. The, the team mom of uh, the cast. So Makoto is um, he's also friends, of course, with Haru, Reed, Nagisa. They swim in a relay together when they were little kids. Uh, Makoto is a second year during the first season of the show. Uh, and he inadvertently becomes the team captain because seeing He's Haru as possibly the hot. team captain is probably a terrible idea. So fucking hot. <laughs> and um, 
Makoto basically is another precious cinnamon roll, good to, too good and pure for this world. Uh, I think he's a bit more dense than a cinnamon roll. He's probably like more of a cinnamon, he's a cinnamon twist. Brick house. He's a ci- <laughs> he's several cinnamon twists linked together in the shape of a human. Okay, um, so I think with Makoto, in terms of casting, this is probably one of the most interesting ones because it's Fuck probably you fight one me. That... This is the best casting in the show. No, only be- I'm only saying that because nobody would have thought of this idea. So the person who voices Makoto, we haven't talked about this guy in a while. Johnny Young Bosch. Where did he come from? I know, right? Ooh, Johnny Young kidding. Bosch. <laughs> I know who Johnny Bosch is. He has been in shows such as Blood Lad, Trigun, and Wolf's Reign. Among so many, feel- many others. Many, many others. I feel like we need to save Megan for last on this one. Hardy, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah. Um, he was good. Yeah, it's uh, not your typical casting choice because he doesn't really show up that often for Funimation roles, especially as a uh, major character. Um, He does show up for the occasional cameo, uh, such as the crazy, what is it? um, Oh, the crazy fish thing in in, in, in Fairy (laughs) Tale. Yes. uh, But yeah, it's refreshing to see Johnny pop into a funny role every now and then. I think he uh, he really tackled the, the heartfelt... Uh, nature that Makoto represents and um, it's really funny when you hear him overreact especially when the boys are doing something stupid like they shouldn't be doing and he's like you catch a cold you idiot and uh, that's always fun mommy yeah so yeah I think he did a good job as Makoto and I'd like I'd like to see him pop in to more funny dubs when he can because I know he's not native to the area so Makoto is Best team mom. Makoto is best boy. Fuck you. Fight me. Johnny Young Bosch is perfect team mom. <laughs> uh, team mom, not team mom. Don't misconstrue my words. There's already fic of that. Your words have been misconstrued long before this started. Yeah. And I did not need to have that mental image. Thank you. Um, no, I mean. Again, this was probably the one of the more unexpected ones when we when we heard about this casting a few years back. Because I know I couldn't think of anyone to play Makoto. And then in pops in Johnny. Like, hello, what's up, guys? I'm Makoto. I'm like, what the hell? Where did you come from? But, um... Johnny, we need you to come in really quick. Can you come in for, like, a couple weeks, man? No. Um, I love it. I think this is another one of my favorite performances of the show. Despite... Despite this, again, this is blatantly a stunt cast here. Oh, yeah, it's definitely pandering for sure. It's pandering? Yeah, I know I have a perfect description for it once we get to the end of what this dub really is. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is it's pandering and it is a stunt cast. But in terms of Funimation dubs, yeah, don't expect Johnny Ambash in here. Right. So this is one of the more unexpected ones and it works so well like because makoto he's not only the team mom but he's also kind of this emotional center for a lot of the characters like you could vent to this guy and he will just give you a hug and tell you it's okay <laughs> like he, he it works so well and i know one of the highlights for his character in season one is that bit with the ocean where we find out that 
Makoto is deathly afraid of the Fucking ocean. making me cry. Yeah, he is scared. He, he is scared. He don't like the water. He, he don't, don't like the water. Well, he doesn't like to swim either. That's why he does backstroke is because his face wouldn't be underwater. I okay, didn't you know, realize that, actually. That's new know, to me. Right. The entire episode in season two dedicated to this because Kasumi's little brother was afraid to go swimming because he didn't want to put his face in the water, so Makoto taught right. him how to do backstroke. Because he wouldn't have to put his face under the water. All the way. Also, by the way, Kasumi is played by Eric Vale, who is also wasted in the show as a one-off bit character and probably could have played Haru, but what do I fucking know? I'm an idiot. <laughs> Rant over. I'm not um, touching that. But um, I think... Johnny is wonderful as Makoto. He's probably the other character in the main group aside from Tatum that I really enjoyed, despite this the stunt cast situation here. Free but, me, um, free me, free me, mom. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it's time for Megan to uh, share her story. Oh my god, I fucking love this casting so much. It's so fucking perfect. Now tell us how you really feel. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> no, he is so perfect as Makoto. Okay, wait, look. This dog gets a lot of flag, but never fuck with the fact that Johnny Young Boss was the perfect fucking goddamn Makoto. I will come and kill you in your sleep. Um, Please don't threaten the audience. Shut up, mom. You can't tell me what to do. You're not my real dad. (laughs) What? That sentence has Uh no grammatical correctness whatsoever. It was a grammatical murder. Uh, no, but it's actually really, really funny is that, um, no, Johnny and Bosch is the, like, the one actor, I don't give a shit if it was a fucking stunt cast in this case. You know what? Actually, I wouldn't call it a stunt cast. I would actually say it's actually kind of an inspired cast. Nobody had really heard of Funimation doing this at that point in time. This wasn't a normal occurrence. It's okay. We all know that Texas people won't be in tech. will be in Texas shows and California people will be in California. What the hell are you doing here, Johnny? I didn't know you could do that. But to me at that point, Johnny Bosch was still known for being in like big shonen shows and fucking Isaiah. None of which are soft-spoken, motherly, openly emotional, like, God damn, Makoto goddamn made me cry in season two. And now it is time for me to embarrass myself, children. Oh, Tell us joy. the wonderful story. A long, long time ago in the year 2014. In a galaxy, in a galaxy far, 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 far away. away. Yeah. Thank you for getting that with me. Where piss babies rant about the new Star Wars. Um, <laughs> don't at me. Uh, a a send very young, a very young. <laughs> please send <laughs> Please send your complaints to Uncle Azrael, otherwise known as Sneebs, preferably in weed format. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and if you have any wine, send that as well. Oh, um, there was a young, fresh out of college, Fujo named Megan, who got her first job at a grocery store. Uh, who one rainy night had her friend text and say, Hey, you want to watch Free with us? We haven't seen the last episode. So she went. And in the house with her friend Stephanie, Roxanne, not that Stephanie, different Stephanie. Not me. Shane and Kenny. She sat and watched Eternal Summer, where Makoto talked about his dream of being a teacher. And in that moment... She cried out. Why isn't he real? <laughs> the 
why isn't he real story? It gets me every time. And about two, about five minutes later, when Ray started crying on the bridge and I started crying from back in her cave, her dear friend Kenny goes, first blood Millhouse. <laughs> because Ray looks like Millhouse. I can see it now. <laughs> he fucking looks like Millhouse. He, he's sexy Millhouse. He's sexy swimming Millhouse. <laughs> anyway, but uh, no, back to the. But no, I I love Makoto, and I was also really attached to the Japanese performer who is um, Tatsuhisa Suzuki, who is probably one of my favorite seiyus, and he also is the lead singer of one of my favorite bands. Um, who you might hear him uh, belting out at the be- at the openings to both seasons and in the endings as he is the singer for Old Codex. Yep. Uh, but for me, he's been in so many things that, like, he's Takao in Kuroko's Basketball. He is, uh, he's Stephanie's favorite character in Beyond the Boundary. Um, he is Hiromi Na- uh, Nase in Beyond the Boundary. <laughs> Best boy. Yes, he fucking is. Um, he's my baby, Shinya Haragi and in Sarah for the end. Uh, and then for Hardy, I know you haven't played this in the Japanese, would you, would you actually believe he's Noctis from Final Fantasy XV? Oh, really? Yes. Yep. Interesting. He's Noctis. He's also Subaki from Servamp. I was huh. waiting for that one. That Yeah, he's, he's, he's fucking Subaki. So I also find it really funny that in both languages, Makoto has a band. Um, yeah, true. But I will literally fight anyone over this being a bad cast and a bad performance because it is far from it. It is the best goddamn fucking performance in the show, actually. So you wouldn't say he Johnny Young botched it, would you? Damn it, Hardy. If that pun was bad, please direct all your complaints to at Professor Otaku, the greatest <laughs> anime How did you reviewer. Prof into this? How did Prof get into this? Mess? I don't know. I'm just going for everybody. Yes. But please direct your complaints to Professor Otaku, man who yells at clouds. Yeah, odds are Prof <laughs> has done worse dad jokes than I have, actually. So. Prof is our dad. He's our no. He's just Grandpa Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Prof, but you are Grandpa Simpson. Yes. Uh, like, are we good to move on? Yes, please. Yes. Before we get even more sidetracked. Oh God. Oh no! Is it, it time oh, for no. the salt? I think uh, it is time for the salt. We're down to two characters. It's time for my anger. Okay. <sighs> We're, we're in for a fun ride now, huh, guys? So we have two characters left. Things are about to get interesting. So the first character we're going to talk about is Reen Matsuoka. He is... <laughs> Damn it. He's, um... He's a sec... In season one, he's a second year at Semezuka. And he's also on the swimming team. He did a relay with... Or, well, he convinced Haru, Makoto, and Nagisa to do a relay with him when they were younger. So he's the reason why this shit happens, really. Um, but he also seemingly has this rivalry with Haru for a lot of the show. Because he's a bitch baby. <laughs> no, because he hit a fucking wall when he was in Australia. Um, but he writes when you to... call him bitch baby. Shut up. <laughs> no, he um he his dream is to compete professionally on the world stage. So he wants to be an Olympic swimmer. Um, because that was his dad's dream. But 
The individual who's voicing Reen Matsuoka. Oh, I know who it is. It's our good friend Shark McShark. Shark. Yes, who you've he's seen. He's left shark. In, in, he's left shark. He's left Such shark. As, yes. It's Deep Lucy. At Jaws. Uh, yes. 47 meters movie. down. Yes, Shark for Shark is the voice of Reen. No, um, so the voice of Reen Matsuoka is one Mr. Vic Mignano, who has oh been in, who has been in series such as Fullmetal Alchemist, The Heroic Legend of Arsland, and of course, Oran High School Host Club. Who wants to go first? Get out your fries, kids! Oh boy! And let this me tell you the tale of the Mam's Curse. Um, so for the longest time, for some reason, you know how, like, Ian Sinclair is cursed to forever be Janichi Suwabe's, um... Yes. His, basically, his English counterpart. For a really long time, this was Vic Mignogna. Um, but, in some cases, it kind of worked, because, face it, Oran High School Host Club wouldn't have been what it was in English without Vic Bignana playing Tamaki. Uh, there. I said it. But, and face it, I know it's not, it's, it, I know it's not a Mamoru Miyano role, to which, by the way, if you don't know who Mamoru Miyano is, you live under a goddamn rock. Um, or you're a dub-only watcher. Or you have, people who do. you have water stuck in your ears. Yes. Yes. Basically, uh, if you're a sub and dub watcher, this guy has been is incredibly influential. White Yagami, Tamaki Suo, Zero and Ichiru from Vampire Night, Ling Yao. Uh, Wasn't he also Koro Sensei, or am I mistaken? No, no that's Jun Fukuyama. Oh, that's right. He, Sorry. He was um he was uh, death the, he was death the kid though, right? Yes, death the kid. Masayomi Kita, Crollo uh, Lucifer, uh, alas. Cillian from Pokemon. He's been in Pokemon. He's been no, in Magi. No, no, he's been Sukiyama. in Skiyama. Um, he's no, he's um Asano Jr., I believe. Oh no. Yeah, he's Asano Jr. in Assassination Classroom, that's why. Uh right. Osamu Zaizai, Biba, um J, J fucking JJ, Sh Prince Schwan, Ignis from Final Fantasy, Ryuji from Persona 5, like this guy has been in, like, goddamn everything. But. This is the role that made me realize Vic Mignogna needed to move away from playing teenagers. It's not that this is an awful performance. By far, it is my least favorite performance in the show. Because I feel like they were just trying to be like, oh, kids love the, the Vic Mignognas. We'll put them in there. And it didn't fit. It was a round. It was a square peg into a round hole he was too old he it, it sounded like he was a suave douchebag <laughs> you don't want the suave douchebag douche no because rin isn't a suave douchebag rin is a dumbass 16 year old rin is an emotionally stunted dumbass 16 year old and you know who played him better maxi whitehead who plays the younger version of Reen from Free. Mm -hmm. Maxie Whitehead got across a lot of what Reen was, to me, supposed to be. The sincerity of Reen. The 
So, Go so ahead. you preferred you preferred the younger Elric brother as opposed to the old one. Oh, go fuck yourself, Arcata. Go if you if you were all offended by that. That is glass reflections, everybody. <laughs> Um, <laughs> now we're throwing Ark under the bus. He's what? been. He's been. I can't throw Ark under the bus. He's. He's. I've got something to say to him when we get to the end of this episode. Um, but no, it's just. Reen is. Yeah, you know what? Reen can be cocky. Reen can put on a face. But the way that Vic plays him, is not the. It's not the performance that was needed for this show. It's a perfectly fine performance for people not attached to this character. But for people who really, really like Reen, who really watch the Crunchyroll subs, he makes Reen feel like a completely different character, and that bothers me. And I get it. He has a lot of passion for the character. And I don't feel bad for... I And I enjoy that, him having passion for the show and having passion for the character. But it still doesn't forgive a... A performance that is—it's just—it's so hard to say this without being mean. Uninspired, you would say. Uninspired stunt casting. It, at points, I felt like this wasn't Reen that was talking to me. It felt like it was Vic Mignogna in a wig, and that I never felt from Mamoru Miyano's performance, like. This is a show that has brought me to absolute tears. This is a show that is incredibly inspired in some of its dramatic moments. And every time I heard Reen open his mouth, it wasn't Reen talking, it was Vic talking. And you can say, and there's nothing against actors having distinct voices. Like, to me, I can know where Austin Tyndall is at any point in a show. His voice is very distinct to me. But when I sit and watch Tokyo Ghoul, it's not Austin Tyndall talking to me in a white wig. It's that character. J. Michael Tatum has a very distinct voice. But when I watch certain shows with him, like, when I sit down and watch, like, Spice and Wolf, I don't hear J. Michael Tatum again in a white wig. When I watch, um, I'm trying to think of another actor who has a super, super distinct voice. Um, you know what, as much as I, I kind of ragged on it at the beginning, when I watch Fairy Tale, I don't hear Todd Hapricorn in a pink wig. I hear that character of Natsu. And that's what bothers me so much as with, with, with Vic as Reen. I don't feel like he does this character justice and that he was put into this because either Funimation or Crunchyroll, or Japan didn't trust the audience enough with a different actor playing this character because of the seiyuu behind it. Is it go ahead, I'm sorry. Is it mainly just this role in particular? Because, like, when you, you, know when you listen to Edward think... Elric, do you hear Vic No, Mignon? I don't at all. Right. I don't at all. Like, I, I actually prefer to watch FMA in English, honestly. Right. Yeah. FMA is a show I would 100% watch in English again. I would not go back and watch... If I had to go back... If I wanted to, like, go back and watch free, I would probably honestly go back and watch it in the Japanese. Gotcha. That's how much I do not like. I, I have issues with this show. And I am rarely a person who will go back and watch something in Japanese unless, like, 
it's dramatical murder, which is almost nigh unwatchable in English. Um, like, I wouldn't go back and watch, like, Akka in Japanese. Mostly because the show wouldn't make any fucking sense. Right. Um, but when I sit down to Marathon Tokyo Ghoul, I could put on either language track and be completely fine. I wouldn't specifically go back to the Japanese for that unless I really wanted to listen to Natsuki Hayane because I love him and he's a great actor. Um, like, even when... Just to give another Miano role, um... When Tatum is Skiyama, I don't hear Tate. I don't. You know what? That to me, even with Tatum literally going cuckoo for Cocoa Pops and losing his Skittles in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's face it. He probably lost his fucking Skittles in the booth. No, he he has admitted as such. He oh yeah, goddamn lost. In the words of Lormore, Corteo done lost his Skittles. Um, <laughs> by the way, that is Brandon. That is. That is Brandon McGinnis' favorite thing about Corteo, is Lauren describing him about losing his Skittles. Yes, that's great. But I mean, there's a lot of voice actors with really distinct voices. And for a long time, I think because of this performance, people thought I have a legitimate hatred of Vic Mignogna. Which, I want to clear this up, because I feel like people haven't actually listened to me on this. I do not hate him as an actor. I don't know why a lot of people think that. I am very critical of his roles, because he fucking can do better. I'm sorry. Like, the guy has been in the game long enough. And I think he can, he does have a lot of really great roles out there. I like him as Silver Mask in Arslan. I like him as Mendoza in Garo. Like, he's done other shows I've enjoyed his performances in. Just stop stunt casting him as teenagers. Just stop. Like, let the guy play older characters. Let him do villains. Don't just put him as the pretty boy with the pretty face because you want to attract fangirls. The show can do that on its own. And I'm going to stop salting now because I'm going to give myself a freaking aneurysm again. Just breathe, make goose frabba. Goose frabba. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Stephanie, you're up. Me? Yeah. All right. So, I think it's safe. So, it's safe to say right off the bat that the two roles that probably have the most amount of contention and possible controversy are Reen and Haru. That sound accurate? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. In terms of Reen and Vic Mignon's performance, you're gonna think I'm high when I say this. It's 50-50 for me. Where I do think, I feel like it was a miscast, even though I under- completely understand the point of it. I know what they were going for. I think it's a miscast. I still think that Vic gave a good performance in the show. And I can, <sighs> and I can tell that he... Like the role he had passion for it. he had fun with it but it's a situation when it comes down to at the end of the day the voice does not line up with the character the performance I thought it was fun I have no huge issues for it and I could tell that he really got into it so I could get behind it I could feel that from him but at the end of the day it is a miscast to me. Like, you can give such a 
fantastic, phenomenal performance. But if some people have a problem with the voice matching up the character design, then you got a problem. And that that's really what it comes down to for me. Is I'm 50-50 on it. I get what's going on here. I can see and hear the passion that Vic is putting into it. The character does not fit. And I will I will say this. There is one moment that I was genuinely impressed by the, his acting. Mm-hmm. And that is in his dream in episode yes. 6. Yes. Yes. yes 6 yes, or 7. Something like that. Um where he's having this nightmare about his dad and Haru and all of this thing. Also B, by the way, that shot is that scene that work in that sequence is, is amazing. Fucking immaculate, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's where he was the best. But he was such a letdown through the rest of the show for me. Honestly, I think another one of the high points for me might actually be his fight with uh, Ray with Tatum. That's another high eh. point for me. That's that's just it's me. Okay. Though. Yeah. That's just I me, will say though. this though. I feel like honestly that Vic would have actually probably been a because I know Hardy had problems with him. What if Vic was Sasabe? Huh. Maybe. I That'd don't be know. interesting. Yeah. That'd be interesting. But I, I completely understand what they were going for and what they were going what they wanted here. And I I can tell I can tell that Vic enjoyed it. He put he put passion to it. It's just unfortunately at the end of the day it's one of those situations where the voice doesn't line up with the character design. Mm-hmm. Which is very, very unfortunate. Because I would imagine if this show had come out around the same time as Oron it might work better. Mm. You know what I mean? Right, right. But unfortunately, it's one of those cases where it it's, unfortunately, it doesn't line up. All right. All right, Hardy, how do you feel? Well, um, let me uh, go back behind my friendly safety, safety well, barrier. I'm not going to chew your damn face off, Hardy. Yeah. No, but other people might. Yeah. I liked it. In all honesty, I, I okay. had I had no real problems with it. I think, and I do think what Megan said is very true, is that someone who doesn't have as much of an emotional attachment to the original show, someone who, like, like me, who did not really watch it until just recently, and who only watched it in the dub, um, right. I enjoyed it. I think he did a, a really good job. I wouldn't say it's fantastic, and I can definitely understand the arguments that you guys would make. Um but uh, but yeah, it, I, I think it all comes down to personal preference as someone who because yeah. this real this show really isn't the type of show that I watch. I'll be perfectly honest with you guys out there. Um, no, really? Yeah. No, really? really? Big surpri- market audience for this show. Dull you are surprise. the chosen demographic. You are the target demographic for yes. this show. Hardy. Don't right. lie. Well, I do. Uh, Yes. Well, I mean, it does have plenty of guys with their shirts off with huge muscles. So, I mean, that's that's a plus. It's the manliest but... show in the world, Hardy. I thought you were exactly. totally being for it. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think Vic did a great job. If I was if it if I was a bit more emotionally attached to the characters, then yeah, I might have a bigger issue with it. But I think he did. I think he did just fine, especially in the more emotional points when during his fights with Ray and and during his dream sequences and his his moments of self doubt and worthlessness. And, and I I enjoyed it 
for what it was. For yeah, all intents and purposes, I had no real problems with it. And yeah, I, for all intents and purposes, I yeah. think it's fine. It's just like you were saying, because everyone's going to have their own preference, and some people they have more knowledge, experience of the show than others. For you, since I, you don't really have any knowledge, experience, you're fine with it. Yeah. And then we have on the opposite vein with Megan, in this case. I'm not going to lie that if Vic Mignogna is uh, is a uh, Daisai in uh, Boon Goes Stray Dogs, I will fucking fight somebody. Oh, fucking punch someone in the face. I'm rooting for She'll Joel do McDonald. She'll do it. She'll do it too. Yeah. I'm rooting for Joel McDonald as dies eye. That's just me though. Yeah. Um, hey. Hey. <laughs> but um I can't say my official cast predictions because we're doing a fucking episode on that. No, I I'm, I'll straight up say it now. I'm rooting for Joel McDonald as dies eye. Like, you know what? I now I have to put you know I I now have to pull that up. <laughs> no, but anyway. No, I, I get what you're saying, because it, what it's going to come down to at the end of the day is preference and how you feel and how you're attached to the show. In Hardy's case, you could be completely fine with it. Mm. Megan's case, you might not be fine with it. I am not fucking okay with this. And then me, I'm in the middle where I'm kind of like, eh, I get, I, I can, yes. I, I'm fine with it, but also not. But yeah. um, And for the love of God, guys, I don't have a goddamn hate boner. We yeah, know, we know. Seriously, like as as much as we do tease you, we love you, and we know you don't have a hate boner for. It's not you. No, no, no. I'm just saying because I know we've teased you before though, about it. But we also know you don't have a hate boner. But yeah, public service announcement. PSA: Megan does not have a hate boner over Vic Mignogna. End of discussion. Um. So. Moving on to the to the big fish. The big the big orca. The big mackerel in the pond. The big killer whale. <coughs> no, it's not a big killer whale. Makoto is the killer whale. Oh, this fuck. is in fact the the dolphin. Oh, I fucked it up. Yes. <laughs> I know there's an orca involved, but I got the wrong character represented. Um, so the dolphin of the group, our lead character, and the other one. When I said earlier, By the way, before you go on, I too also had Joel McDonald down as <laughs> Yeah, motherfucker! But I also have Dave Tro- I also have Dave Trosco, so. Nice. I don't remember who else I had for Dyson, but whatever. Um Spoilers for a future episode. Woo! Cause because now that we know it's a thing, yes. like Megan's prayers have been answered. <laughs> I can finally yeah. stop threatening Jay and Godswell. <laughs> yes. Come this um, March. Come this March. Yes. Uh, so anyway, we're going to talk about one more character and probably the other big uh, bone of contention for probably a lot of people who are fans of the show, Haruka Nanase. So, Haruka is seemingly our lead character of the series. He is kind of quiet, comes off as uh, aloof at times, Um very much obsessed with water. He's basically a humanoid fish. Kind of is. Yeah, if, if there's... He also shot the Haru that can read. Yes. Yeah, he... he, he uh, if there's any standing water, he will strip down and jump into it. Yeah, as, as noted with, what was it, episode two or three... When they went, oh, when they go to the hardware store and he just tries to swim in in, in a fucking in the aquarium. Fish tank, fucking fish tank right in front of him. He just takes his pants off. He's just about to go in, and Makoto's just like, no, 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 no. Um, strip, 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 strip. Yeah, he, he also bathes in his bathing suit. So, 
He doesn't like to get the boys wet. <laughs> He's an odd child. Very odd child. Um, Some say that his mom dropped him on his head into the pool when he was a babe. Mm-hmm. That explains why he likes it, likes water so much. Anyway, so... It's duosexual. <laughs> the individual who voices Haru is one Mr. Todd Haberkorn, who has been in series such as Fairy Tale, Bacchano, and as well, Oron High School Host Club. Da -da -da -da. You're starting to so. see a pattern here, aren't we? Oh, I forgot to mention that, uh, who else was it? Because I mentioned that Todd was, I mentioned that Vic was, I mentioned that Greg was. Oh yeah, Tatum is an Oron. So is uh, Caitlin. Tatum was an Oron. Jerry, Jerry was an Oron, wasn't he? They, he wasn't part of the main cast, which we'll get. He was um he was the guy when they go to Sunny Straits Hotel that helps out at Sunny Straits Hotel. You right, and then we also have, of course, Caitlin Glasses the lead. But anyway, Todd Habercorn. I believe Chris Sabat was also involved. He probably was. He was. He was the big. Yeah, yeah, he was the get my gun. Yeah, get my gun. No, no, Chris Sabat was. Wasn't he the uh, he was the one delinquent who always came by the yeah. host club? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it flew away. Everyone thought Get he was my gun. Everyone thought he was gay because he had a thing for Haruhi, yet he knew Haruhi's secret. So, and yeah, yeah, but there's also a blooper where he, they're like, "The bird flew away." Get my gun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Todd Habercorn is Haru. Who's who's the brave soul who's gonna go first? I guess I'll go first. Um, right, how do you how do you feel about Todd as Haru then? He's a bit underwhelming, um, mainly because it's not really what you're used to hearing from Todd Habercorn. You, you most of the roles you hear from Todd are really high energy, really um, sort of this. I'm all fired. I'm up. all fired up, sort of you know bouncing off the walls, and Haru is a completely the opposite of that. He's very quiet, very stoic, very soft-spoken. It's not mm -hmm. the role that you usually expect from Todd Habercorn. Um, and so I'm not saying that he didn't do it well. I think he did a fair job at it, and it is different from what he usually does. Um, but I don't think I would have cast him here, and I, I don't have a problem with it. But, I mean, I think it could have stood to have a little bit more adventurous casting. So, okay. I think Todd does good for what he does. And, and uh, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. If I could say anything. But then again, I don't have this big emotional investment to the character. So, right. right. So, that's just my take on it. Megan, do you want to go next? No, you go. Oh, Lord. All right. So, from the day I knew that Todd was announced as Haru, I knew that this was going to be an iffy one for me. And I think I'm pretty sure I said as much when I first covered this cast like years ago. When I watched Eternal Summer with you guys a few years ago, I was still kind of eh about it. And now going back to the first season, eh. I still kind of feel the same way as I did before. Um, what's interesting, and I know Meg is going to talk about this. What's interesting is he played Haru completely differently to the point where this is a completely different character. 
in the Japanese, Haru is more of an aloof kind of character. How Todd plays it is actually honestly really interesting. He... The boy has some sass to him. Which I don't know how I feel about. I mean, he, he's kind of sassy. He can kind of come off as arrogant at times. Or ignorant, whichever the right word you want to use here is. And I can't... I don't want to knock it against Todd. Because my big thing is... Not everyone's going to portray a character the same way. Everyone's going to take that character and put their own spin on it. While Todd does put an interesting spin on Haru as a character. I mean, that's for sure he puts a very interesting spin on it. The fact that it comes almost to the point where it's a completely different character. That's where I kind of where that's where that fine line is where it's like Do you want to stay true to the original character or completely make him something else entirely? And I can appreciate what Todd did to make the character his own. However, I also don't know if it need to go to that extent where it's a completely rewritten character. Mm -hmm. That's that's that fine line. Cause I like when I love when actors put their own spin on characters. And if it comes off completely different than what was originally intended, that's cool. But not to the point where it's a new character entirely. So while I can see what was being done here, I can see it. I can see what they were going for. I can appreciate Todd daring, being daring enough to go for that route. I also see that it came very close to crossing that fine line into rewriting the character entirely and making this a completely different show. So I am. this is the big, big one where it's 50-50 for me. Where I, I think he... Where oh, sorry, I, go ahead. Where I think I didn't mind it. I appreciate what he was going for. However, in this situation, he almost completely rewrote the character. I think because of it. I think that has less to do with the actor and more a lot to do with the, the script. And we've already talked at length about our issues. Ad nauseum about the script. Yeah. And, I, and the script can, the script can only go so far. Mm. Though. Because a lot, a lot of it also has to come down to the performance. Right. Oh, All right, I'm good, Megan. Boy, it's gonna be fun times with Megan again. All right, should we let her out? How, of, let her you, out of the cage. How do you feel about Todd as Haru? Hit the deck, Hardy. Oh God. <laughs> I love you. This performance frustrates the hell out of me. Not because it's a a, a, a departure from Nobunaga Shim, uh, Shimizaki who plays characters like Shido in Date Alive, who is Yuno in uh, Black Clover, who is uh, leaked in Servamp, uh, Honda and Honda-kun, like, uh, Sunakawa in My Love Story, like, just, like, just to throw that out there. Um, I think what Lilac said really gets at a lot of my core issues of the show with this dub and it's 
no no performance is going to be a one-to-one to their Japanese. However, you should still retain the spirit of the character. And in many ways, Haru is the grandest epitome of how much this dub missed the fucking mark. He sounds like an arrogant fucking asshole. He sounds like a petulant child. Which Haru is not to me. He is a a teenager who is aloof and a little bit standoffish because of the fact he feels like he destroyed his best friend and suddenly has to come with term come to terms with that. But Todd plays him so out there to me that it does not feel like I'm watching the same character when he's on screen. And it, it bothers me as somebody who who loves this show. And I kind of want to transition this into my final thoughts. Okay, then we'll go into final thoughts and you can start us off. How's that sound? Yeah. I I can't call this a the the dumpster fire of dubs. I can't call this a bad dub. Because it's not. It's it's greatly flawed. And we've talked a lot about really gratefully flawed things like mm-hmm. Junie Tyson's a great dub that I have a lot of flaws in yeah. for stuff that's recent um, I, I've had issues with shows like World End I've had issues with things like Dragon Maid I've had issues with with certain other dubs but they don't make me this angry Hell, not even Dramatical Murder makes me this angry. And it is by far the worst fucking dub I've had to watch. Out of choice. For this podcast. But God, free... This burns. This hurts. Because I had so much faith in this, this dub. I have such a love for this show. It's not my favorite sports anime anymore. That, that's been replaced by Yuri on Ice and Kuroka's Basketball and Haikyuu. But it, it just bothers me that you could have so much talent in one show and fuck it up for people who are diehard. How it, it, we don't know what influence what on the production of this dub. But for me, it kind of breaks the most cardinal rule of any of any adaptation. And that's not trusting the people who love this series. This show was going to sell, like, but Buku, based on how you could have done a sub-only release and people would have gone ape shit for it. Technically, the, the, the first season did have a sub-only release. Yeah, and it probably sold, like, fucking hotcakes. But, but... There is a group of people who who can't watch subtitled stuff, and they are entitled to get a dub that is really good. And and frankly, for like I said, for people who aren't super attached to Free and Free Eternal Summer, the first season of Free is actually a pretty good dub. Season two has a fuck ton of writing issues, and I think has a lo- and because of that suffers bad tonal change. Um, but just as somebody who's a big fan of this. It disappoints me 
And what burns me even more is that a lot of the people who have worked on this show as writers, directors, and actors have gone on to do really great other adaptations. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. And I don't want to be angry, spiteful, hate boner, and salty, but there just comes a time where... And, and dubs aren't aren't a, a right. They're a luxury, and I get that, and... I don't want to be, like, a super big petulant child about this. But if I'm going to be spoiled about one thing, let it be this. Let it be the show that honestly influenced a lot of good things that we have now. Without the success of this show, we're not ever in this dub in general. I don't think we'd ever get dubs for things like Princess Dryad, Cheer Boys, Fucking Yuri on Ice, which is a cultural goddamn phenomenon. Without this show, without this show, we don't potentially, the success of this, we don't potentially get Funny Roll, which honestly is kind of saving our dubs bacons with the likes of fucking Amazon and Netflix out there. And it's so hard to be frustrated at this. As somebody who prides herself on not being malicious towards, towards shows, like, I am the per- I try to pride myself in being the person who, even when I dislike something that's really good, can still see the merit in it. Like, I fucking hate Dragon Ball Z, but I will still say, yeah, that's a good fucking show and influential, even if it pisses me off to God knows what end. But part of me cannot put it aside for this- this series. And if it gets simuldubbed, I'm honestly kind of upset that if season three is gonna get simuldubbed, because I don't think they're gonna learn their lesson in two years is since this has come out. I don't trust them to have learned their lesson about this show. I would want another writer or another director on this because of how angry that this has made me and how disappointed this has made me. But at the end of the day, it's still a good dub for people who aren't attached to it. And I have to swallow my pride as a fan of this show and suck it up because it could be miles fucking worse than what it is. And you just sometimes just it's fucking frustrating. I'm just really frustrated at this dub. Right. And it's probably the angriest anybody's ever heard me on this podcast. And I don't like that feeling. Yeah. I can relate, um, even though I don't have the same feelings towards this particular dub that you do, obviously. Um, and I know that this is a very important to you, but I can definitely relate when you have a show that is so incredibly important to you, and then something goes on when they dub it, and it doesn't turn out like it should. How incredibly disappointed and just almost betrayed you can feel. Because I can relate entirely because that is exactly how I felt a few years back with the Wakfu dub. And in a lot of ways, that was bad for me because I helped pay you for your, You put your own money into Exactly, that. Like, yes. For me, I could have had the choice to not buy this or have someone buy this for me. Right. Because I have season two on my shelf and I'll have to get season one eventually because I'm freaking completionist yeah. aren't we all right so no i understand entirely where you're coming from and i can i i sympathize with you greatly 
personally, as far as this dub is concerned, because I am a person who did not have much of an attachment to it, I can't go out there and say that it's it's really all as ba that bad because I didn't watch it subtitled. I didn't watch it as it was airing. I don't really have as much of an emotional attachment to these characters and this storyline that everyone else who did watch it as it was coming out, who did watch it at like a very pivotal moment of their lives, uh, who, who were influenced, who were affected, who were moved by it. I don't really have that. I, I don't really have that to fall back on, but I can understand because there have been shows that I did watch when they come out that did move me, that did affect me. And the dub came out and it was so disappointing. And so, yes, I can understand entirely where you're coming from with this. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's what I have to say. As far as this particular dub, there are bad parts about it. Uh, in my opinion, that could have been done. Uh, it's not terribly acted. The scripting definitely needs some work, especially when we go to season two, because season two had some lines that are just groaningly head shakingly bad. Um, but as far as my critical opinion on season one dub is it's okay. Then that's really all I can say. Uh, when it comes to my own personal opinion. So, okay. All right. Yeah. So my thoughts on the dub of free. Um, despite free eternal summer being a bit of a train wreck, because I unfortunately kind of is. Going into Free Iwatobi Swim Club, considering this one was dubbed after Free Eternal Summer, it's a lot better than what Free Eternal Summer had. Despite we clearly know what happened with the casting here. Mm. We know what was going on. We know what we were getting into. It we was basically we an... It was an Oron High School host club reunion, plus hi there, hi Johnny Young Bosch, come on in. That's pretty yes. much it. Yeah. Pretty much. So we knew what was going on with this. We don't know the background or what the influences were in this decision. We can only speculate and assume, but I rather not assume. But it's not the worst thing I've seen. I mean, we're all anime fans here, and we've probably seen some terrible stuff. It's kind of in the middle ground for me. Season, I'm just talking season one here, not season two. Um, Free Iwatoa Swim Club is kind of in the middle for me. It has its good moments. It has its fun moments. It also has moments where I feel 50-50 at times those moments mostly coming from the two most prominent characters of the show. And the ones that probably have caused a lot of contention with fans of the show. That being said, I love you, Megan, but if there is a season three and it gets simuldubbed, I actually have faith that this could be done better. Because, because of the fact that season one was re was done after season two. Yeah, 
I know. I'm still fucking disappointed. No, I mean, I mean, I get, I get you're disappointed, but the fact that season one to me was much more, much better done than season two, it gives me a little bit of hope that if season three happens. Hopefully season three just has a bunch of new characters and we don't have to fucking deal with these kids yeah. again. I mean, at the very least, if anyone were to stick around, you could probably... The only four characters... Five, really. The only five characters you could possibly see sticking around would be Nagisa, Rei, Ko, Nitori, and Momo. That's it. Because you could potentially see them in their final years of school, but that's the best you got. But, um... I mean, or B, we can just make a bunch of new kids and not deal with anybody and have a bunch of new boys. They could just take, yeah, take the love, life, sunshine approach and have a completely yeah. different school. Basically, and yeah, yeah, just love, life, sunshine it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shit. But we'll, we'll we'll see, we'll see what happens. But in terms of the dub for Free Iwatoa Swim Club, I'm I'm not gonna say it's solid. It has its glaring flaws, but it's not it's not horrible. For people who aren't as attached to the show, you're gonna find it okay. For people, if you're as attached as I am, you are probably at the same level of fucking anger as me. Prob- possibly, yes. Yeah. That that's where the that's where you kind of have to draw the line between the people who aren't as who don't know anything about the show versus the people who do. So, I think for what it's worth, the dub is fine. I get what I get the entirety and the purpose that they were going for here. Unfortunately, there are just some glaring flaws that kind of brings it down quite a bit. Um, but anyway, on that note, I believe we are good for the night. I'm I'm sorry, I'm s- distracting myself with Duel Links, and I'm about to stop up. playing Duel Links and be sappy for yes. God, come on, we've done this for a hundred episodes. No, hundred episodes. No, I'm 100 sending hundred episodes. I'm, no, I'm sending the vagabond to duel your ass, man. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, you whore. <laughs> hundred episodes, ladies and gentlemen. You've sat through this one hundred times, if not more. More if you've included the Dubby and Classics episodes and the Summer at the Movies as well. So more than a hundred times, you've had to but, deal with this. Before we get too sappy, let's tell the good people how they can find out about find and watch this show. If you are interested in seeing the English dub for free, Iwatobi Swim Club, you can find the English dub on Funimation now. Uh, you, they do have their subscription service, uh, and they have a 14-day free trial where if you uh, are interested, you can sign up and watch a lot of shows, your regular episode reminder when it comes to these things that if you do not want to keep the subscription service after the 14 days cancel it because they will pull money out of your bank account they you can also catch the series if you wanted to purchase it because it is available on blu-ray and dvd uh in both limited edition and standard editions uh the japanese version of the show is also available on crunchyroll uh they do have a premium subscription service if you're interested in that however it is not required to watch free iwatobi swim club nor is it required to watch free eternal summer which is also available on crunchyroll and the english dub is available on Funimation now as well as home video okay time to get sappy let's get sappy because my god this is an extra long episode, children. If my if my rant of frustration was not <laughs> enough, and uh, me trying to murder these two would be a, a horrible sex joke. 
Um, and no, us responding is... with horrible dad puns about Sosuke's shoulder. <laughs> oh, get boy. ready! Let's get ready to cry. Oh God, this. Who wants to start? Uh, what are we even doing here? Why are I we even I'll, here? I guess I'll start since I did my final thoughts last. Um, All right. I still can't believe you fucking let me do this. <laughs> um, I I honestly can't. Um, and it's all because you wouldn't let me fucking talk about Tokyo talk Ghoul about Tokyo on Ghoul. my own. And I'm getting a third season next year, and we're totally fucking doing an episode on that. Fight me. And I'll get to actually, oh. I'll get to contribute this time, believe it or not. Hey! Yeah, last time. Hey! We, that is that is the OG night. I will have no I will have no arguments from any of the cast members. Because I just sat um, there for the first episode while you two were going on about Tokyo Ghoul. Like, you could talk about ass class and death for I just sat there going, <laughs> do, 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 twiddling my thumbs the whole episode. You were just kind of there. Yeah. Finger up an ass. Finger up the ass. <laughs> but um, I still can't believe you let me fucking do this. Um, I can't believe it either. <laughs> uh, there are days. I, I, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm crying, and you'll hear this in the episode. Um, God, I was in such a bad place when I started this. I was working with someone who made me miserable, who didn't respect me. Um, and it took me almost two years to get away from them. Um, I, I wasn't the person I was now. I am now, and I honestly have you both to thank as well as the. Uh, ten other people we do the show with. Um, there have been so many wonderful moments between uh, you guys and 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 Root and Noah and Andrew and Jet and Jamal and Gigi and Zen and and Lack and Amon and Sneebs. Um, there have been memories that we've made with each other through a a, a, a box and a fucking wi-fi router um <laughs> that you could never take away from any of us um there are there are days when i thought that when i first came back to uh the forums on d2 when i was like 20 like 22 23 um I was miserable. I thought that the relationship I had been in proved I was nothing but a selfish, spoiled brat. And Hardy and Noah were some of the, and you were some of the first people to reach out and tell me that it was going to be okay. And I started realizing that that was true. And despite all of the things in my head telling me that they're not some days, that I can go home to a, a text chat that people think I'm crazy for and people think I'm crazy that I just travel out of town every so often and just lock myself in a hotel room with you fucking morons. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are there are some people that we don't think a lot on here and I tell them whenever I see the two of them especially. Um, I know they're probably not going to sit through the whole episode for this so I'll probably time link them. Um, CJ, Tristan, Ark Prof, you guys really, we really do owe you a big thanks to you, you two nerds. Um, fucking nerds. You fucking nerds. <laughs> as much as I call you a grandpa who yells at Clouds Prof, you're, <laughs> you're a great dude. Mm. Tristan, you've 
been my idol since I started doing shit on the internet. Um, I wish every day I could be as cool and smart as you. But I'm happy that if it wasn't for you two in that board and I wouldn't have met Hardy, I wouldn't have met Steph. Um, through them, I wouldn't have met the people I call my family who have been through some of the worst times in my life and putting up with my crying and my screaming and my bullshit anxiety and all the shit that goes on in my family um, with my family and my job and things around me and I couldn't trade it for anything. I I love you guys. Like, you two are my best friends in the world. You were my brother and my sister from other misters. Um, <laughs> I could not trade a friendship with anything, even there are t- even though there are times where I want to kill you and you probably want to kill me, <laughs> Let's we all want to kill. Remember. We all want to kill Andrew most days. <laughs> He's horny on his main account. Remember, keep it in, in our, your fucking in pants. Our, in our circle of friends, I hate you means I love you. <laughs> love you. Um, I could not ask for for two better people to be goats with. Um. I I love the two of you. Like, I love you guys. You you are family. Where you are family, and I could not spend another day on this earth without you, both of you, in my life. And I, God, I can't believe I still cursed you out the first time I met you, Hardy. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. I was. I was a big, huge jerk back then, but yeah, yeah. but but I, being I'm so sorry, I'm crying. Being around guys like you has helped me for the better to not be as big of a jerk, and for that, I have to thank you both. Um, I'm I know that my introduction to this podcast was basically just me showing up out of the blue. It's like, hey, I want to be a part of this. And, that's, uh, how, that's how a lot of people ended up as part of this group. A lot, lot of a lot of it was because I said, "Hey, you want to be a part of this?" I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, yeah it was you would not you, be actually here without yeah. parties. I I mean, you, I mean, you found like three of our goddamn members, four of our goddamn members, really. Members. Right, and and Jet, you Bruce, know, Jamal and Andrew, <laughs> and Jet, I think. Yeah, and you know, it's. I was a bit presumptuous, and I know it's your technically your show, Stephanie, and I, I, I I'm sorry for I'm sorry, and yet I'm not sorry. I'm sorry because, <laughs> in a way, I did sort of act very presumptuous on my record, but because of that, we now have thirteen wonderful members who we're all very close to, and who I would not trade. For a single thing in this world, and being part of this show for the past, it's almost three. It has it been three years yet? It has. It'll be three years in in December in uh, January. So by the time this is up, yeah, yeah. By the time this is up, it'll be like three going on four years. Because I have to admit, I'm not the most creative person in this world. I I don't blog. I don't create videos. I don't review things. It's partially because. I've wanted to, I just don't have the effort, but I can talk and I can share opinions. And you both know that I'm the most opinionated person on the face of this earth. 
We're all well, opinionated, really. Right. Well, actually. Well, actually. <laughs> and this podcast gives me a chance to express myself in ways that I never thought I could. Just with my voice and just with my opinions. And I have so much to thank both of you and everyone else involved with this podcast our editors our co-hosts um just our fans especially the people who listen to us and actually tolerate us for two and a half hours three hours at a time i mean they have to be the most no first of all you're crazy for listening to us for that long (laughs) yeah And, and just it's yeah, it's they gotta be the most long suffering people to put up with us God. for 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 such long periods of time. And but the, the voice actors who find it in their hearts to to talk to us and not think we're fucking and put ravenous up, monsters and put bags. up with our bullshit and put up with our bullshit on a frequent basis. Uh. Yeah. Thanks, Cliffy Cliff. I think more Thanks. than any, if nothing else, this podcast has made taught us all to be better people in a way. Because when we started out, we were very rough around the edges. We were saying oh, things we should not have said. No. And, and through the past few years, we have, we have learned from one another. We have learned from everything. And we have turned this into what I would like to say. I like to call it a well-oiled machine. And we, this podcast has grown into something I can, I'm honestly very very proud of to be a part of and i have you guys to thank for it i have everyone else in the dub talk crew to thank for it i have our fans to thank for it it just i could not be i am as the dub talk dad i have to say papa is proud (laughs) oh god make me cry mom chan yeah mom chin may cry she has a tissue ready but no you should have seen me earlier like i'm just like pretending to like wipe my screen because i'm like here have a tissue made (laughs) oh no i am a sobbed mess oh god um i mean a lot of the things i'm probably about to say i've said before um especially when we reached a thousand subscribers uh Three, four years ago, I didn't imagine that we would get to this point. I thought it was probably going to be a short-lived project. Either it would take up too much time, or it would just kind of die, no one would be interested in it. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, (laughs) I never in my wildest dreams would think that we would get to this point where we've been doing it for so long. We have our wonderful 13 hosts. We have our wonderful editors. We have all this wonderful support, both from our fans, as well as people who are part of the industry, who know who we are and have given us encouragement, telling us that this is something that they've never seen done before that we're actually for lack of a better word I'm going to steal a word that was used to describe us when I was first talking to some folks in the industry we're innovators like this is something I never thought would become as big as gotten 
and just keeps growing. Like, even though I may complain about how tired I am on a constant basis because I work, work, well, more than a full-time job, really, because I work 50 hours a week, I also dedicate a lot of my time to this, both as, well, I shouldn't say both, as as a host, as an editor, as the wrangler and the leader of this group, it's something I never imagined would be as big as it is. And <laughs> if it wasn't for you guys pushing me and volunteering and asking to be part of all of this, it wouldn't have gotten this far. It wouldn't have lasted this long. So, I have you idiots to thank for that. Sorry, Mom. Uh, I love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, because I love you. <laughs> I'm so grateful that I get to do a project with a family. Like, you guys aren't even, like, friends with me anymore. We're a goddamn family at this point. And I just love and appreciate every single one of you. Not just the two of you idiots who are here with me now, but the other ten people who obviously would- I hope have sat through all of this. They better have sat through all this. I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> like, you fucking assholes better have sat through all this. <laughs> <laughs> you better sat through all this. If you just skip to this, I'm gonna murder you. But um No, but thank you, Hardy and Megan. Thank you to Roots and Roots and Jet and Noah. Andrew. I'm going. <laughs> I'm counting on my fingers. Shut up. Roots and Jet and Noah and Amon and Gigi and Steves and Zenith and Jamal and Andrew and Lack. You <sighs> And even to the people who've done guest episodes yeah. with us, Katie, Shannon, Ark, mm -hmm. um, Dresden and Suba, Dresden and Suba, Dresden and Suba, you, um, you are all just so, so amazing. And seeing all the support and seeing all the feedback that I get constantly, it's just a real testament to me of how much this little, little side project has grown and become such a wonderful thing to me. So I really want to thank all of you, all of my hosts over the past few years, as well as the fans and viewers who have put up with our nonsense for uh, three plus years now. And I sincerely hope that you're willing to stick with us for a while longer. At least another 100 episodes more. At least another 100 episodes. Maybe more. Who knows? We'll mm -hmm. see. We'll see what the next few years brings us. Mm -hmm. But I think I speak on behalf of everyone when I say we love you all. Except for that and one guy. You know, you know who you are. But on the, on, I think we'll just, I think we'll make an exception this once. Okay, time. yeah, okay. Exception this You're once. fine, that one guy. But You're fine for we, Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. But yeah, we, 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 we love you guys so much. Thank you for sticking around for so long with our bullshit. Especially, especially for people who have probably watched this from the very beginning. 
when it was originally me doing review stuff. Mm -hmm. Remember, I was a fan of you before you got bored. Yeah. I remember licking an art box in one of your videos. <laughs> I remember I remember, that. remember me I remember when you tried to get a, to review Bibble Black. <laughs> I wanted to punch you in the face. <laughs> and you could have been Anime Fest when he ditched me in line for Raisin Cane. <laughs> I forgot. Hey, Raisin I'm Chicken. Still... Hey, that chicken was good. Don't you blame me. <laughs> I'm still fucking upset. <laughs> No. I was hangry. I mean, I mean, I could have punched him when he surprised us at A-Fest, but you know. Next A-Fest, I will personally buy you a platter of Raisin Cane's. <laughs> the most expensive platter in it. Yes. <laughs> no, but. Fuck um, you, give me Raisin Cane's. <laughs> there's your Chris, there's your birthday and Christmas present. There you I'll go. Even oh boy, the gift of fried chicken. <laughs> I'll get you a gallon of lemonade as well, if that makes you happy. Yay! <laughs> um. But anyway, now that we've gotten the uh, emotional sob stuff out of the way, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for sticking around with us. If you're interested in catching anything that we do after listening to us become a sobbing mess for 20 fucking minutes, uh, <laughs> obviously the best way you can find us is you're currently watching us here on YouTube. You can subscribe to us here. Uh, we also have a Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr account at Dubtalk Podcast. We are also working on fun extra things, which I don't know. If, I don't think we can announce quite yet because they're still in the works right now. Um, uh, I think the W's are the W's. Get your votes. Uh, I think the votes might have been the in vote, by the time this the goes up. The votes would have been closed by now. Um, but, but yeah, look forward to look forward to more sappy crying because I always cry at the end of the year. Um. <laughs> but um, yeah, we have some fun other little things in store. Maybe finally doing the whole audio thing for you guys. I don't know. Ooh. Maybe some other, maybe some other stuff. I know Hardy's been cooking up some stuff for a while now. Oh yes. Aha. Um. But yeah, those stuff we're gonna have to wait and see because I know we're working on all that. But um, if you want to follow any of the shenanigans that the three of us idiots get up to on a daily basis, you can follow Hardy at on Twitter at Spaceman Hardy, or he will post goat pics. Yay! A lot of a lot of Cloud and Tifa ships mm -hmm. and uh, food porn. Yeah, actually, I'm doing a lot of Toto Momo now as well. Why am Yay, I not he's finally converted to the good ship? Why am I not surprised by that? Uh, if you want to follow Megan, you can follow her on Twitter at QueenEra2, uh, where she tends to shitpost on occasion and freak the fuck out about a bunch of stuff, basically. Uh, Stray Dogs, March 2018, hell yeah. And one hell thing yeah. also is that both Megan and I are uh, moderators over at the Funimation Discord. Correct. I'm also a moderator over at the forums. So you can come visit us on the forums or the Discord and say hi to us. Uh, and uh, that'll be cool. When I'm not usually being bad cop. Yeah. <laughs> when you're not usually being bad cop. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord. Uh, and if you want to follow anything that I do, um, my Twitter is at Lilac Anime Review with review being spelled R E V U E. Like a musical review where I. And I usually. When I'm not trying to um yawn uh <laughs> i usually just post about daily life and things and stuff going on and complain about light poles falling over at work that was fun that was a lot of fun oh uh, i imagine so i almost couldn't get out <laughs> <laughs> i had to like probably call it an uber or something so i could go home because my car was inside <laughs> the gate um god i really hope that 
by the time we're finishing this that like the the, the song from the last episode is playing the ever the ever free song because that would be just really really sweet i can make that shit happen you don't you, you don't know the editing magic just remind me because i may forget mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> but anyway from all of us here dub talk to you hey boss lady can i can i take us out just a little bit yeah. Um, on behalf of those who are not with us today, keep it manly. Aloha. Love your faces. Jupiter is love. Jupiter is life. Who the fuck is Kyle? <laughs> and finally, Why is it mine? and finally, Stephanie, take us out. <laughs> and finally, Otaku on, my friends. Have a good night. Why is mine? Why the fuck is Kyle? Who the fuck is Kyle? It's your most iconic phrase. Who the fuck is Kyle? <laughs>